Switchmania Playcast. Welcome to episode 26 of this Switch Mania Playcast. This is the spookiest Thanksgiving episode you're going to find on the internet. There we go. Yeah, Barry was giving me some some guff about the the quips. He he did good. (laughs) He did he did uh, play his hand though, everybody, and he he calls himself No Time Barry. (laughs) (laughs) We gotta 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 bring it up immediately. (laughs) It's ridiculous. It's true. No time. Too many games. Too many many good games. No time. The No Time Barry. Too many games. Switch Mania (laughs) playcasts. We all have no time to play anything. <laughs> so we're forced to play every week for your entertainment. Use that in quotation marks. Forced. It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> Life is hard. First world problems. I will say, though, my hardest thing is when I have a long-term game like this week's episode, and then I get new new, uh, new presents and new treats in the mail, and I'm like, ooh, let me put this in, shiny penny. Ooh, let me put this game in. And I'm sitting there playing them all, and it's like, I probably could have put another couple hours into the last game. Well, that's what happened last week. You, you, we had a hat in time, and, and then Pokemon came out, and I'm like, oh, I want to play Pokemon. And, uh, uh, and things we do for our listeners. And before I forget, I... Put every effort into procrastinating on buying Pokemon. Barry gave me crap on online. <laughs> so he was like, "Did you buy it?" I'm like, "Nope. My daughter didn't want it enough." <laughs> she, Christmas. Yeah, she she wants it, but it's like I didn't get a definitive like bug me. She wants it. So and it's it is a pretty expensive thing, and we didn't happen to be at Walmart because it's ten dollars cheaper, which makes it harder to say now. Yeah. So. Well, maybe there's something Black Friday or something. I don't know. I haven't checked. Well, my other thought is, is like, man, I could get the the double pack, and yeah. our our buddy old JP, you know, posted a, a double pack that was very reasonably priced, and I was like, ooh, that's super. Did you get it? No, I didn't. I was at work. I couldn't contact him in time. I, unless it's still available. <laughs> I assume that that stuff doesn't last long when yeah. JP posts because. No. Yeah, those that are members of the Switch community do know that JP, when he posts stuff online, it's very fairly priced. So it's not mm-hmm. like he's trying to, he's not scalping. He just ends up pre-ordering and buying too many because he doesn't want to miss anything, and he pre-orders 17 <clears throat> times. And That's actually where I'm at now. I have no. a lot of collector's edition Switch stuff that I need to move. So if there's something someone wants, you know, message me. I, I probably have it, and I'm very fair in the price. Ooh. <laughs> I, um, I'm in the same boat where I'll get doubles in the mail sometimes I'm like when the heck did I order this extra one and then I'll do the same thing usually I wait around and I'll take stuff to a convention and then I'll be like yep. hey and people hit me up and like like especially I've had even Switch May Playcast listeners come up and I have like Switch games uh, and actually one of the games I will talk about that I got in this week um, was a double uh, so like, yeah. I was like great See, I did uh, I did a video game con over here in Jersey, and I, I sold a lot of my uh, my Switch collector's editions. Did including you go what? there like two years ago? I did not. I was, I was actually my first. No, I went there last year, and then uh, this year. Because uh, two and three, and maybe four years ago, I was there every year, and then then I moved to Texas in 2018. So like 20, 
maybe 2015, probably more so 2016, 2017, I definitely supported Mr. Angry Emoji Paul Solo yes. um, <laughs> at uh, AVGC. He's he's really cool dude, though. And the Angry Emojis, he's not mad at our post. That's just what he does. That's all he does. <laughs> no, he's, he's, he does. A, he's an awesome person, and, and I, I dearly love getting to talk to him and, and spending time with him. And I was happy to, to be there last year and to actually have a booth this year because I was like, oh, now I have stuff to, to move. I'm, you know, have all these collector's editions. And, uh, you know, he had a lot of the same stuff I did, actually, which was pretty funny. But but I got rid of some good stuff that like, that, that I wouldn't have gotten if it wasn't for JP. Like the they, the Picks and Love, Travis Strikes Again with the Pseudo-51 signature. Ah, and he posted that. that. And I'm like, I, j- I jumped on that. And I'm like, you know what? I, I like this, but I think someone else will probably appreciate it. And so I had it at my at my table, and someone came over and immediately knew what it was, and and couldn't get the money out there fast enough. I had it, I had it priced very reasonably, and he was so enthusiastic and so happy to get it. And I was like, you know what, awesome. You know, I'm I'm happy to see it go to someone who's gonna love it. Yeah, and that's the thing is like that's super cool. And yeah, was it Paul's trying to pester me on doing? crappy consoles book a book on crappy consoles like garbage <laughs> consoles or something <laughs> i was like well you got to be my like producer or director or whatever the hell you'll call it for a book like because i don't know like what would be cool to put in that but <laughs> oh there's a lot of crappy consoles there's a lot of crappy stuff and if i was um if i knew re-res personally because he does a lot of yes. crappy console stuff and i've chatted with shane a few times but i don't really know him so yeah, I mean, the, so the last year I was at AVGC was interesting because I shared a table, brought in Leonard Herman, um, yep. and so that was like his first convention outside of the Coleco convention that I went to with him. I went to the Coleco convention, and that's the first time I met him, and I was like, have you been to AVGC? And it was like pretty shortly after. He's like, no, and they were already still at a table, so I just said, like, you can come on my table, man. It's You're freaking the gaming scholar. Like, you're the, the guy <laughs> who originated writing about retro games. <laughs> like, you're the dude. So I, I shared my table, and he brought Ralph Bear's brown box, and it was super Yes, oh, I love that thing. Yeah, Le- Leonard and I are very good friends, and, and he loves to get contacted by me and hates to get contacted by me all at the same time because we, we cost each other money. <laughs> so this, this, um, this video game con, this past one, um, we, we were, we were helping each other out, you know, like, uh, we had his book at our table just to try to help him because he's, he's a really good friend of mine. And, uh, the first day I made a trade for a kid's gear, Sega kid's gear, because I, I'm a big collector of handheld video game consoles, the ones that have interchangeable games. And I didn't have a kid's gear. I knew they were expensive. And I made a trade with some of my collector's editions for it. And I showed it to him. I said, here's what I got. And he looked at it. He's like, what is this? And I told him about it. And the next day, it was a Sunday because it was a Saturday-Sunday show. Sunday, he comes in. He's like, I want you to know you cost me $350, Barry. And I said, what? Why? He's like, because I had to go out and buy one now. I said, but I, I saw one for like two fifty. He's like, no, but I had to have the box. So, so he was very upset. Well, <laughs> it cost it's, him money. <laughs> it's worse than that, Barry. Oh, you want to know why oh, it's, it's worse than that? Why? Because not only did he have to have it, but if he didn't know about it, that means he has to update Phoenix Four, <laughs> and there's going to be a Phoenix Five because of you with an added oh. thing. Oh, he was the best thing. Mad at you. <laughs> 
did, did, did he talk about me? Did he talk about what, no. what happened with us? No. Oh, we, we, Leonard and I, we had a conversation, and this is all recorded uh, on the Nintendo Fuse uh, channel. I do a show called Industry Talk, and I talked with him uh, about Phoenix 4 and everything. We had a wonderful conversation. And right in the recording, um, we were talking about consoles and i talking about the handhelds because that's my thing and i was like you know i'm really happy because i happen to get an r zone data zone and he just like looks in the camera and he's just like what i'm like well, an r zone data zone he's like that doesn't exist isn't there was none i said what do you mean it doesn't exist so he's looking in the book and he's like oh yeah i do have it in phoenix 4 it's on this page i forget what page it was he turns to it and he's like here it is the r zone data zone was conceived but never released i said leonard i have one <laughs> I have one boxed. He's like, what? I, I have one. He's like, no, you don't. I, I do. I, I had to show it to him afterwards. And he's like, I hate you. <laughs> no, like, so. <laughs> so that's the one thing is that he's the originator. Started writing it before the internet yep. was really a thing. So there's going to be stuff like that where a book like that is never truly done. And I mean, I have Phoenix One. I have the predecessor to Phoenix, the original release, which has his cliff notes, and it was like tiny. Is like, yeah. And then the Phoenix Four is like, I think nine hundred pages, and it's. I mean, he's gonna update it and constantly yes. make it perfect. But I mean, I've tried to convince him that he needs to put each one out as, as a smaller books. Integral books. Well, because, I told, like, if I told, he broke it by generation or something, he could have multiple volumes. Multiple. And then he only has to update one volume if something changes. That's not bad. I told him that I, I want to do a handheld book with him, like a, a handheld companion to Phoenix, um, with with all the handheld stuff. Um, and he's he's interested in it, but you know, it's it's all a matter of time. Um, again, back to no time. But uh, it's funny too because at the con we were talking. And he said he wants to write, wanted to write an article for a, a magazine he's or a paper he's doing mm-hmm. on a, a system that he had never heard about before. I again introduced him to, which is the uh, Nintendo Data Ship, and uh, he had never heard about it. And he, we looked it up, and there's like no information on it at all. And he's like, you know, this, this, are you sure this exists? I said, Leonard, I have one. He's like, again? I said, yeah, Leonard, I have one. He's like, I want to come over, take pictures, and do an article. I said, you're welcome anytime at my house. And he knows this. He's got a standing you know, invitation. He's always welcome at my house, him and his wife. Um, and uh, they <laughs> never showed up. And I'm like, Leonard, what's going on? He's like, oh, I wrote about something else. I'm like, oh, well, you know, you're, you're still welcome anytime. He's, he, he is a sweetheart. Um, my wife's actually reading his uh, book right now and sending him some little notes. And oh, helping yeah, him out. his newest one? His newest one. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, he, he is a sweetheart. And and if you if you're out there and you, you you haven't heard of him or his books, I mean, you should absolutely give him some love and, and look into it because he, is he deserves absolutely it. Absolutely, the originator, not great at marketing himself because he really no. is Lenny the Legend, is what I call him. He's Lenny <laughs> the Legend, like, but he really is though. He's the originator. He um he's been going around with Brett Wise, another author. He's been going around with him to some conventions like further out than New Jersey, which is good. Yeah, he was um, just at Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Exactly. And I think that's awesome. I've offered to like, dude, I will help you publish your book because he's really he has a bad deal with what he's how he's publishing right now. Um, he's been looking at publishers and traditional publishers are garbage. I will go on the record saying that, and that's why I created a publishing company. Um, his book's already done. Like we could literally just get stuff out there for him, create a crowdfunding campaign and get people to know that who Leonard is like they just don't know 
and it would help him. That's all yeah. I want to do is help out people that are passionate <laughs> about gaming. Um, and I mean, I've so I have a couple authors signed uh, to Hagen's Alley Books right now. And anybody out there listening is interested in you know making some cool stuff, whether that be some you know game releases or book releases, hit me up because I will help you out like as much as I can. And I am not a traditional publisher. I am indie publisher who's passionate about gaming. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's different. If I ever find the time to actually sit down and write this, you'll, you'll probably get our book. <laughs> well, exactly. And, like, I mean, like, there was something that was announced on social media by the author, and we haven't really pushed it too hard yet, but um, there's an author that we're going with. His name's 8-Bit Steve online. Um, but we're doing the easy way Friday the 13th book that we're going to be launching on Kickstarter in, like, the next month or maybe three, depending on... How far? Because we're going to launch it on Friday the 13th, obviously. <laughs> There's one in a couple weeks, but that's pretty fast. Um, but basically, it's a way to play and beat Friday the 13th on the NES. But, hmm. like, written in a way that you or I, who are not masters of the game, I'm not, I'm assuming with you, I don't know. No. But um, that we're not masters, but we could read this book and immediately be able to beat and start mastering Friday the 13th. Really easy. And it's tons of pictures it looks amazing and so him and i are he's he's doing a lot of books with me but this is the first of many and this one's kind of already done so while i'm sitting there writing the switch collector reviews he's refining the kickstarter page for the upcoming launch and i have a couple other um authors too that are signed and like one's a kid a children's author like and I'm gonna get her out there, and I've been working with her husband too, to uh to get that out there because she's already gotten awards on this book. That's fantastic, and it's amazing. And and no <clears throat> publishers will deal with her because it's a children's book. I'm like, well, she's you're passionate about what you're doing. Come and I will help you get out there. And I mean, I said I don't have the contacts because I know gamers, but like I will get you to the house and get it printed. Like and get you out there and as far as we can. Like That's really cool of you. I hope that takes off. And that's the thing is like I may never ever take Hagen's alley and make it a full time thing just because I like to keep it a passionate hobby. I like the fact because I'm I'm work for a full I work for a living. You know, I work full time job but I wanna but I do run a full publishing company. <laughs> like it's like crazy. I don't sleep much. But <laughs> talk about no time, geez. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's been crazy. But on the other side, if I do still work and that's how I, you know, I'm supporting my family, then the publishing company is complete passion. Then I like that. And as long as I have flexibility to take off time for conventions and and do what I can, um. But you know what? You're fortunate that you're able to do that. And and you're right. If something is a passion project, it's something you love. Once it turns into, you know, a full-time job, um, you lose some of that luster because now you're really forced to do it. Like, oh, I have to get this done. But, you know, if it's a passion project, it's like, you know, I could do it tomorrow. Let me spend some time. Versus like, oh, I have this deadline. I have to do this. This is my work. It's mm-hmm. It changes the whole mentality of it, which is sad. Yeah, and then I put pressure, because it's a passion project, I put pressure on myself, and that's just basically dedication to those supporting those backers. Um, So, like, with the Switch Collector, I'm writing every day uh, to knock out the digital only, which 
ended up being something I didn't anticipate. I thought I had some some community contributors, like I mentioned last week, but um, I have like seven reviews left, and I had what thirty a couple weeks ago. So I'm not did, gonna. Did you have to do room in the night sky? Um, I don't think so. Because I think that w- that was a that was a 2017 release, I believe. I'm not doing every digital only game. I'm only doing the highlights. Uh, this is this is the, like the worst uh, game on the Switch, pretty much. No, I'm not going to review that. <laughs> uh, you you got to do it. You got to no. have the low. Because <laughs> what I want is I want because then you got to limit yourself because the rabbit hole goes deep when it comes to online in the eShop. And yes. basically everything we want to cover in digital only, I want like, okay, these are all worthy of getting a physical release at minimum. There might be other stuff out there, but at minimum, all of these are great. And that in mind, I've had to delete eight to 10 spreads because they've already gotten picked up for physical releases and released. Um, a whole new world, since it's not shipped out yet, is still in the book. <laughs> and I told... Uh, it did ship out. My, 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 my copy press? got shipped. Okay. Yep. Um, maybe mine did too. And I, I contacted him online. I've been chatting with, with First Press. But I was like, man, you guys are jerks. Now I got to delete the spread because you're shipping it out. <laughs> I was like, because once, once the book is published, it's they're in there forever. Like, it, okay, great. I, and I'll, mo- I'll note in the text that there's a rumor that, <laughs> like, for example, uh, Limited Run Games is doing Blaster Master Zero in the future. Yes. In they the future. haven't yet. So it's still in the book. If they don't. Do the pre-order and all that beforehand, then it's not going to... Because it may never happen. The, and the license could lapse, and then they don't do it. You know what I mean? So there's when when there's an issue like that, and we call that the warned collector's issue, by the way, oh. on the Switch Mini Playcast, because we've, we had an episode on that. Um, call it the warned collector's, because Dandara was on that deleted it from the damn book and then the worn collectors like folded and now i had to add it again and rewrite the section <laughs> yep. yeah okay so I, I don't think it actually shipped yet i got an email on november 19th that said it's in stock and it was shipping next week which would be uh-huh. this week that's when i talked so. smack to him and said hey you jerks are getting this out there it looks amazing <laughs> though and i appreciate everything you do that's what i said to him like literally that's how i said it to him and they were like oh cool thanks for the <laughs> like they're they're happy that yeah they actually just announced their next three games yeah what what oh did they today yeah, today. Okay, um, so what it, are they? Because I might have to remove from the book. It is Rival Megagun. Rival? It is Mulaka and Psychotic Adventures Origins. Mulaka. Mulaka. Those are the next three. They're PS4 and Switch. Oh, okay. Um, I was thinking of Pankapu. <laughs> no, not that one. That was Warren Collector, I think. That was the Warren Collector one. What did I mention? Dandara. No, it wasn't Dandara. It was Pankapu. Dandara was, I don't think it's ever had one yet, like, yet. Um, but yeah, there's a there's some solid ones. The thing is, to put things into perspective, Barry, with your open the rabbit hole, um, right now, <laughs> there are 39, if I remove a whole new world, there are 39 digital-only games that were put in the book. Year two, and this is just off of the ones I'm interested in, year two has 103. <laughs> like... That's digital only. That's not physical. Like it's crazy. <laughs> and, oh yeah. 
and and out of this 39 from year one, I don't have Fast Racing RMX or whatever it's called. That's a good one, too. And that's a good one. That was one that was recommended by the Switch Collector community. And so I was like, well, I'm going to have to add that, and that's going to have to be a double-page spread because I have double-page and single-page spreads for them. So I'm going deep down the damn rabbit hole. There were two other games, and I don't know enough about them yet. I have to... <coughs> play them research them i'm still hoping for fast racing to get a physical because i don't know if you know this but the one on the wii u uh, fast racing neo i think it was called that actually got a physical in europe not in america you want to know i'm salty about fast rmx why it came with my bundle for the switch because it was supposed to have a physical release Uh, and it never came out and never got it obviously because it was one of those GameStop trying to bundle a bunch of games together so you could get no are you sure that was that because red art was supposed to come out oh, physical. Was it, it, maybe it was red art it was red art and red, red art. art still is supposedly coming but has yet to come on the switch it's I, on the ps4 and xbox at one at that point i would have moved twice there's no way they're gonna find me <laughs> <laughs> i pre-ordered and got my switch back when i lived in maryland i've moved to texas and i'm about to move to georgia like crazy um the other two games that were recommended that were year one because a lot of recommendations hit year two um subsurface circular and gorogoa um both of those games aren't my genre so i gotta research them a little bit to see if there's something i want to focus on and they have to be you know because it that's cool enough for some people but i want to make sure that they hit that my threshold of stuff that i i dig and of course. Of course, though, if a backer wants to write that as about any game in their <clears> own <throat> section, that is fair game when it comes to this. But what I'm setting here with the uh, Switch Collector book is a precedence that basically we're going to follow for every year. Um, so when we do like Switch Collector Volume 2, uh, it'll probably be... It might be Volume 2 and Volume 3, but it's going to be Year 2, and it might be two volumes. Because as a rule, I don't print more than 500 pages in a book because my 630-page Complete SNS Definitive Edition uh, was a, was pretty bad. It was tough because it's so large. Uh, the binding has issues. There were so many redos, and it took an extra like six months with QCs and fixes and everything 500 pages and less. I've had a lot less QC issues. Um, not to say that once it's done, the book looks amazing, but it's just, it was such a long process that it would actually be easier and probably cheaper for backers if I did two volumes. Yeah. Yeah. Do, uh, January to June and July to December or something like that. Or, I mean, I figure we'll break it up in the middle evenly somehow, but it'll be like volume one, volume two, volume three, but the Kickstarter will cover all of year two and I'm just going to knock it all out. It's... Because a lot of the stuff is is that I'm doing like eight pages on Zelda Breath of the Wild, right? And yeah. I want to continue to be able to cover games that are deserving or are impactful enough to that extent without being like, well, we have 400 games this year, so if I do that, then I, you know, what I mean, like I, I don't want to worry about and like cut it down to one page reviews when I think. It, the book would be a lot better, or the series would be a lot better if we are able to just, you know, give it the recognition that the games deserve. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I still can't wait for that to to come out, but it's. I, I feel I feel like year three and onwards is just going to be tougher because it feels like every 
week more and more and more and more and more games come out and and it's just it's exponential at this point it is i mean i kind of like doing the books because it prevents me from being having anxiety about having to buy every game now because in the book they're all going to be in there so i'm not going to miss anything it's just how much it's going to cost me later on the flip are you going to be doing like alternate covers or or re-release kind of things that's JP in his and JP's Switch Media Collector section. He's covering. He says he wants to cover everything. I told him you're gonna. We're gonna put in the book what you get me by the cutoff, <laughs> and because he's he's got me some stuff, but he says that's not everything he wants to. And I'm like, well, I told him write on a piece of paper what you want to do, <laughs> so that way you can compartmentalize it. Because right now I think he just wants to do the world. And that's not really reasonable, um, but like alternate covers is is a good idea, I would say. Um, uh, I don't know if you know there was a re-release done today. <laughs> Ironically, um, in, in this area, the New York metro area, the only stores it seemed to be Best Buy exclusive. Best Buy is the only one that seemed to have it. Um, some in the city, you know, Manhattan and stuff, which I wasn't going to. But the only like Best Buy in our area was actually JP's Best Buy. So I actually drove over to where JP does his little sky picks um, to uh, to pick up, and that's uh, Overcooked One and Two. They put together in a special pack. Um, I never uh, bought as, Overcooked, so that's good. Yeah, so they they just released a, a One and Two combo pack, and uh, no no fanfare, no anything like that. And I was just like, now I got to go get it because it's one of those as a collector, you know, like. Like, Super Mario All-Stars for SNES isn't that expensive, but the one with Mario World is worth a little more, and there's some GameCube compilations where it's, like, multiple games together. It's so worth they a just lot. threw a new game on it, though. It's it's new Overcooked 1 and 2, I believe, in the same cart, with a, with a new paper outline that has Overcooked Special Edition plus Overcooked 2 and both games on it. Because Overcooked 2 wasn't originally released. Yes, it was. Overcooked 2 was on, on physical on the Switch. Its own? Yeah. Oh, Overcooked okay. 1 and 2 both have separate physicals. Oh, I, I didn't buy either. That's why I'm not really tracking that, and that was before the cast. So, um, But yeah, so if that's the case, then throwing them both on one makes it better for me because I want to play every game. So I'm just going that, to. And that's the other thing about like collecting for the Switches, and we've seen it. We've seen it since we've been talking over the last few weeks is that yeah. there's continual re-releases in different regions or other different expansive releases that's like, well, if I would have bought it immediately, I would have had to get it in Japan, and then now it's like it's in the U.S. Um, so I've been kind of holding off on stuff a little bit. and But Overcooked is a little fun you know, a fun little multiplayer game. It's like chaos in the kitchen. Like, it's cool, but not something I needed as a day one, and I'm glad I held off. Yeah, so now now if you can find it, you can get them both in the same combo pack. I mean, if it's only at JP's store, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I don't freaking know. No, it's on other ones. I'm just saying in this area. Um, like I said, it's in down, down Manhattan. It's just hopefully, not worth going to down. Hopefully you've it, got the only one in store, and it's JP's. <laughs> <laughs> he, actually, he actually asked me, He because I posted about it, he said, did they have any more? And I said, honestly, I don't know, because I did store pickup, because I tried to order online, and you couldn't even order this game online. And when, when they release a game and you can't order it online... 
um, to me that says maybe I should get this. I don't know how big of a print this is going to get if they can't even ship it. Um, so because even the limited run stuff at Best Buy, you can get shipped to your house. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to make the trek over there. And I say trek, it's really like six and a half, seven miles away. <laughs> but I got two closer Best Buys that I go to. Um, so I'm like, I'm going to make the trek over there the day before Thanksgiving um, to pick it up. And and I hope he, I hope he found it. I told him to go on the site, you know, and try to do a store pickup and see if they'll they have any more. Um, but I hope he gets it. I know he, if he wants it, but it, it's it's just another release. It's you, gotta, just, you, gotta, you gotta you gotta start messing with him. And be like, hey, I don't. I, they didn't have any, man. I got your only one from your you, store. You, you know, and I, and I know he's probably listening to this. So, uh, <laughs> you know, he'll hear it here. You know, like I'm just I'm not that kind of person. You know, I'm I'm a friend to everybody. You know, and and JP's been a friend to me, and I'm just gonna be a friend to him back. And if I if I knew the answer, I would have told him exactly, but I didn't. So uh, well, I just like to mess with JP because it's fun, and then at the end you go, yeah, they have copies. <laughs> <laughs> he's got enough on his plate you know he, he he's been good to me so i i don't want to piss him off <laughs> oh you can't piss jp off that doesn't happen <laughs> like you say that and you're one of these days you'll push his buttons and be like you know what that jp section that's going to be in the book it's going to be a rant about you <laughs> <laughs> well for slam the editor so <laughs> <laughs> He'll sneak it in there, like every every fifth word, you know, <laughs> like a, you need know, a coding, decoding thing. It's a, you get a really? paragraphs like F U C K Y O U O F F. I don't know, man. So, <laughs> be hilarious. He's gonna do that. It's a good idea. Yeah. Hidden messages. <laughs> it'll, it'll be like it'll be like you know, um, a Christmas story. You know, the you gotta get the. The, the Dakota ring and decode the message and it'll be like you gotta get the JP ring decode the, the message hidden in- <laughs> <laughs> from from you have to it only comes in the copy of uh, Racing with JP on the yes. Nintendo Switch <laughs> yes Racing with JP and it's just a crummy commercial at the end anyway <laughs> <laughs> all the game is is a commercial on the cart <laughs> it really is I mean the real the real game is really just a commercial on a cart ah that's horrible my daughter always says, why is he so popular? <laughs> That's what she says every time. And then I catch her watching his cheap, uh, racing with Ryan or Ryan. I catch his, um, her watching him on YouTube, but I'm like, stop. Um, so, so interesting. There's a couple of interesting things before we, we dig in any further is, um, I found out what was it? Um, Last week I was messing around with my site, so I've upgraded HagensAlley.com. Um, it's really easy now to purchase books on the site. It's right on the front page; goes right to the re- relevant pages in the in the bookstore and everything. Um, have a lot of positive feedback by listeners and by readers and everybody. Um, that being said, though, my hidden gaming gems book. That does have Switch games in it. Um, there's only 10 copies left. I didn't realize that until I updated my site. And I'm like, oh, there's like 10 copies left. What the heck? So that is a thing for people to be aware of if they're getting a full Hagen's Alley Books collection. Because I have people that have checklists of my books. Um, there are, If anybody's been waiting on that, like there's not a lot left. My other books have plenty of stock, like hundreds. Uh, they Books sell every day. On, on my site, so um, I'll try to remember to update the stock, but on my front page of my website, that's like me manually updating it, so I don't have it 
aggregating and automatically updating. That one's just me. Um, I'm probably going to do something on my store for Black Friday, because might as well, or Small Business Saturday. Uh, <laughs> um, do something like that. But, yeah, it should be interesting. The site looks great, by the way. Like It, it looks clean. It looks really wonderful. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. I haven't updated it in four or five years. So <laughs> it's, it's it's due. Um, the only thing that I would like is that there's no way easily for me to go and do latest posts on the Switch Mania Playcast page or on the main page unless I do just latest posts and get rid of all my other relevant information. So like latest posts, if you click, if you do it the the way it was, it would have all the pictures that we do for the playcast, mm-hmm. like with the post. And now if you click on like switch mini playcast on the page, it just it has like a text in the synopsis, but it's missing the picture and the pictures in that beginning. It's in the, the read more synopsis. So I don't know why it's not in there. Um, yeah, because it's set as a featured image. It's set as everything. So I don't know if it's just they need to update the site or because it, it uses tons of different plugins and crazy stuff on the websites. Um, I'm not programming these manually <laughs> anymore. I used to back in the day. I don't have time for that. So I use all different <clears throat> Once again, no time. <laughs> no time, Barry. No time, Hagen. There you go. <laughs> but, but the No Time Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like so, I do what I can with it. But I, I'd say right now it's at a pretty cool, a pretty cool place. Um, I they did add a Twitter plugin for the, uh, and I have that on the right side. So I think what I'm gonna do is all of my updates to the playcast and everything are gonna go on Twitter, and then like stuff like Instagram is gonna be like pickup pictures because I used to do all of them on everything. But I think Instagram is going to be like cool shit that I've gotten pictures, and then so that way there's because they're all on the site. I don't want the same picture like three times on the on the <laughs> on the site. That'd be weird. Um, and then I think Facebook will just be everything because I can yeah. auto post to that one. So I think that's the way I'm going to go with that stuff. And then so Instagram's not going to have any more playcast posts, but Twitter will, and unless I have a different picture or something on Instagram, we'll figure it out though. But I figure it's a good way ahead. Um, it looks great. It'll make it easier for when new books come out and when I can do game releases because I have some upcoming game releases coming too next year. Um, eventually, uh, JP and I have been talking about doing some cool stuff with the Switch too. So, But it's not going to be. I'm not doing limited printing. <laughs> like that's stupid. That's ridiculous. We got plenty of that. I'm actually I got an idea for something that nobody's doing and I think oh. it would be cool as shit. So No, you got my intention right mm-hmm. there. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. It, gonna... it's, as long as it doesn't cost me a fortune. <laughs> um I mean whoever in my opinion, whoever gets on it when I do it, it'll be reasonable. Later on, who knows? Because I'm not planning on making a million or whatever I do. So it's not going to be limited by like, oh, we're going to make it collectors. It's just limited based on this is how many I want to do. 
<laughs> like it's the hipster artist way to do something, right? <laughs> like I'm gonna put it over a wood pulper or a shredder and just like put the paper through the shredder as people are bidding on it. <laughs> Bid on it faster. It's gonna shred the art. I know there's an artist that did that. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like get it or don't get it. It's gone now. There's one copy of this, two copies of this, because that's all that bought. <laughs> and then it's a Switch collectible, and there's only two copies in existence because everybody sat on their thumbs. <laughs> Man. Crazy that. hipster shit. But I, the thing is, though, no matter whatever I do, it's going to be at, like, cost. So it's not going to be super expensive. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah. I think I think that's very much appreciated, especially with, like you said, there's just so, so, so many of these. Out there. Oh my God! <laughs> There's a new one now. Like the yeah. well, and uh, I will say though that whatever I do games. is not going to be unlicensed. Okay. It's but it's not also not going to be. I'm not publishing a game, so I don't need Nintendo's permission. So, so it won't be a game that way you're doing. No, I'm not doing game releases. I will say that for sure. Okay. I do not plan to do game releases. I Three do months later, I'm doing a game release. <laughs> I mean, unless I'm making the game. Like actually developing and writing for it or something. Other than that, like I don't want to do. There's already plenty of limited publishers. I might work with a limited publisher. You know what I mean? You, you know you need to make racing with JP, right? Racing you, with you, JP. You need to make exactly. that. <laughs> but you know what I mean, though. Like if like limited run games wants to wants to do something with my with me with what idea I'm doing, which would be cool enough. I'm willing to work with everybody. But they might just do their own thing and and copy and paste what I'm doing, but it won't be the same because I'm doing something cool. <laughs> well, I, I guess until you reveal what that cool thing is, um, no one's gonna have you know be able to copy it. Also, no one's gonna be able to communicate with you and say, "Hey, let's work together." So yep. when 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 do you think you're gonna reveal what this cool thing is? Like, is it, we have a timeline? Do we have you know we a I'm... clock on the site? This is till till it's revealed. So how I'm going to do it is is that I want to get the Switch Collector done first. <laughs> so uh, that way, yeah, because I, I want the book to be done. That's already, people have already supported that. So that's my focus. Um, after that, I'm going to conceptualize and have a prototype of what I'm going to do. And that's when I'll announce it. It's going to be, here's what it is. <laughs> and it'll be done. Oh, boy. And it's going to be fucking cool. <laughs> like, so I, guess, I already know it's going to be cool. I, I guess yes, people can start looking forward to it once the Switch Collector comes out. Exactly. Exactly. And, I mean, you're tracking with the Switch Collector. I'm already doing something cool, which is the the slipcase um, that wasn't part of the Kickstarter because we missed the stretch goal for that, which was a pretty far-off stretch goal. But it's available for all backers for an extra 20 bucks. Um, so that's an example, but like I'm doing something way different for the Switch. It'd be cool, but it, and it'll be something that if when I do it, I'm gonna do it in line with what I'm doing for any game releases I'm doing as well. Because I'm doing NES game, NES homebrew game releases like Jeffrey Wittenhagen's Black Box Challenge. I'm releasing that next year again, doing a reprint because people are paying five hundred dollars a copy of my game right now. Oh my god! And I'm like, no, I'm going to print more. Stop paying five hundred dollars. Like, I just don't have time because I'm putting out books. Like, <laughs> like I, I want to focus, but like people are paying that. I've and I've people tell me at conventions like, I my buddy paid five hundred dollars for a CIB copy of your game, and I'm like, I'm gonna do way cooler versions, 
And like, because the thing was, but I did a, the I did way a, cooler versions won't be the first print versions. No, and when not. it comes to collectors, that's what matters. And it won't be because I did a limited release of the black box version, which was like NES black box uh, for the art. And I only did a certain amount of those. I am not re-releasing that. I'm not re-releasing with the same art. Like when I do the re-release, I'm gonna get another artist, which won't be as cool as the Garbage Pail Kids artist, but it might be a legend. Hint, hint. Might be a legend. Um, like really, really legend. But it's um, gonna be your daughter. She's just gonna draw the stuff. Hell yeah, might be somebody who did a, a lot of famous box art on the NES back in the day. Um, but that's gonna happen, and that's gonna be the re-release of, of Black Box Challenge, and it'll be something that's worth you know getting just for the cool ass factor but um and then i'm gonna do whatever cool stuff i'm gonna do with the switch is gonna be the same so if you support hagen's alley entertainment um which is you know my non-books version but it's the same thing um but if somebody supports it they're all the releases are the same for every console as well so you can specify and get switch or you can get all so that way it all looks cool. So there's subsets and things that people like to do. However people want to collect. You're just making this more complicated for the rest of us. And we love you for it. <laughs> <laughs> I just like making cool shit. I mean, I mean you do know like my history. that I, Like the Switch Collector, I think is going to be my 14th published book. Maybe 15th yeah. published book. But back in the day with the um complete nes and the complete snes i did leather bound tomes gilded in gold right <laughs> like and i did them because i could it cost me over five hundred dollars a book to do it how much did you sell them for five hundred dollars i sold oh. it for what it cost I told them, I'm like, I'm doing this because I can. It's cool. I think we had maybe half a dozen people for each one want it. The Super Nintendo one, I put all three books in one. So it is over a 1,000 pages. I'm looking at it. It's huge. I got my copy for myself, of course. Um, it is freaking massive. Jeez. Like, like, it is. I'm just looking in awe. It's so big. I'll, I'll have to send you a picture of that, like, offline so you can. Like, it's ridiculous. But I do stuff like that just because I can. I want to test the process. It is insane. It's old school. Um, I didn't order now the newest cover. It's covered in gold, and we give you a package of sea monkeys for free just because no, we can. It's gilded in gold, which <laughs> oh, means gilded. on the outside no, but, of the paper is gold, but the, the actual but, cover is like old school leather. And here's the kicker it is bound by an 1800s bindery. <laughs> wow. Like, but, but the point is, you could. You do it just because you could. So you could cover it in gold if you really wanted to. Yeah, just cut whatever it costs. Um, exactly. Because the thing is, is that my printing company that I that I go through as a publisher, they can do anything. It just costs money. So, like, I we could do a damn hologram cover for the Switch Collector Volume 2, but it would cost a shit ton of money. Every page is a hologram. Every page is a hologram in 3D that pops out of the page. Like, you could do it. It just would cost a shit ton of money. Like, imagine, so, imagine doing a special version of the, the Virtual Boy book and I could, like, project, like, the Virtual Boy out. You know, you have to look in. Well, I was actually looking at the hologram cover for the complete Virtual Boy. It was like, I asked people, hey, if it was 20 extra dollars, would you want to do it? And everyone's like, yeah. And it was ended up being 60 extra dollars a book. <laughs> like, cost. Wow. I was like, I can't ask people that. That's insane. But, 
I was like, well, they could do a hologram on it that makes the Virtual Boy pop out in 3D, but it would cost 60 extra dollars a book. And it's a lot of money. It was like thirty, forty thousand dollars extra, something ridiculous. Like it was insane. But it was for a tiny piece, by the way. It wasn't like the whole cover. It's like a small part. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Why does everything have to cost money? So expensive. <laughs> so expensive. But the thing is though, is that I I always look at all that stuff, but then we get reasonable. Um here's a question though. Did you end up getting the the switch? The Switch Collector case and manual and everything? I got the book. Uh, I didn't get the slipcover. I don't, I don't think I got it. No, a... not, not the slipcover. I mean the Switch case. We're actually... Oh, no, no, copy. no. I so didn't, so I didn't it's actually it. a Nintendo Switch case. It has a manual in it. The manual is a damn checklist in the Switch manual, NES-style manual. That's a Switch manual. And it has every game in it. I already published it. I have it. So it's already it's every single game and it's all checkboxes and stuff for manual That's that cool. fits in it goes on your shelf. The paper is white gold cr- encrusted so it's like shiny for the switch collector stuff. And then um cuz the reason why is cuz today I am looking at getting the pins but they're not going to be in full color like I posted. They're going to be like subdued antique silver. With like Ooh. a cool like darker color, so it'll be like the art, but it'll look really old school. And the artist Rusty Shackles is getting me the line work so he can get it done like properly and make it look amazing. So that's actually something that. I, and I was talking with JP on it, and he said he liked that one or Antique Copper, and I think the um, silver actually would go in line with the white gold backing on the the, the case. But, yeah, I mean, the thing is, I'm getting actual Nintendo cases from Nintendo to put it in there. So it's That's not, cool. Yeah, so, I mean. No, I, I didn't get that. I didn't, I didn't see that there. Oh, that yeah, that was, that was an add-on. <laughs> that was an add-on to the Kickstarter. Um, all backers have the option to add on whatever they want to. It's just those that did not back, it's just the book that will be available later. Every All the other bonus items will either be um available to backers or like if i have extras i'll bring them to conventions and stuff people find me in person um, that makes sense it's 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 what we call dunnage when you're making something so if i ship stuff out and the packages get damaged or something in the mail i'm able to have extras to send out instead of having to redo an entire print run i have extra copies and then anything left over i'll just bring with me and sell at conventions that sounds great. No, you see, you got to do more convention up here. You got to do a video game con again. Yeah, I mean, now that I'll be in Georgia, it actually won't be that bad because where I'm currently at, it's like a little puddle jumper plane to get out anywhere, and it costs me a ridiculous amount. Uh, to put things into perspective, um, it costs almost $800 to get to Phoenix and back oh for game on. Um, it's $180 from Atlanta, Georgia, there and back. So. Yeah, I'll be able to go pretty much anywhere for conventions ne- next year. Um, Traveling the world. Yeah, well, the thing is, though, is I do work full-time, as we mentioned. So the ones that I'm planning on going to are Midwest Gaming Classic. Um, I'm planning on going to uh, Game On, uh, Classic Game Fest in Texas. Game On's Arizona, of course. Um, Portland is in August, and I'm trying to go to that one. Um, if I can, I'm gonna have to like split like costs with people because Portland's an expensive adventure. Um, 
And then I would like to, since I wasn't able to get out to Retro World Expo, I want to go to Retro World Expo and get out there next year because a lot of people missed me because my flight got canceled out of Puddle Jumper in San Angelo. It got delayed, and then there's only apparently one freaking flight that goes to Hartford, Connecticut from Dallas a day. So they're like, well, we can get you out there uh, 8 p.m. on Saturday. I'm like, that's the whole first main day of the convention. Yeah, you're, you're like, done at that point. I was like, just send me home. So they had to send me home. And so next year, going straight from Atlanta should be too easy. And it's like a two-and-a-half-hour drive to Atlanta from where I live in Georgia. So that's too easy. I'll just drive up there and fly out. Awesome. So, so it should be cool, and if like Paul's open for me to come to AVGC, or because all these places I go to as a guest, so. Um, well, Paul's not doing AVGC anymore. He passed it on to the rest of the group. Oh well, the other guys I'm cool with too. They're all awesome. And then yeah, everybody's. Was what's the other one? So there's a couple out there that are super cool. Uh, with Retro Game Con. That one's cool. Um, I haven't been to Long Island. I'd like to get to Long Island Gaming Expo. I'd like to do Long Island one time, too. Then, uh, Missouri. There's one in Missouri that's amazing that all my buddies... So, you know, I'm friends with all the Metal Jesus peeps. Um, at least Reggie and Riggs and Hancock. They're all cool. Very um, cool. I haven't drank beers with the rest, but I'm, I, I've chatted with the, the rest a lot. Like Kinsey and Pink Gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> they're all cool but i haven't had a beer with them so until i have a beer with somebody in person like i don't don't know them enough yet just like we haven't had a beer yet um <laughs> but you settle for me having water instead water, <laughs> water. <laughs> now jp like because of the the guys from uh, video games monthly uh we've had shots yeah. together <laughs> they always get him to do a shot and jp doing a shot's hilarious <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, so since we've gotten s- sidetracked down the rabbit hole, we covered everything after the game review. Um, <laughs> we probably should cover Luigi's Mansion Three. <laughs> Wait, that was the topic. Oh crap! <laughs> that was I forgot. The, yeah. I forgot there was a point to this thing. Other we were just talking. <laughs> we were just shooting the shit on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so um, let's talk about a little bit about Luigi's Mansion. All right, so let's lay the paperwork. Um, the paperwork, the wallpaper. Um, Luigi's Mansion Three is an action adventure game developed by Next Level Games, published by Nintendo for the Nintendo Switch. It is a direct sequel to Luigi's Dark Moon and the third installment in the Luigi's Mansion series, released worldwide on October thirty first, two thousand nineteen. Which is funny because none of the YouTubers could do it for Halloween. Um, <laughs> uh, the game sees players taking the role of Luigi most. Explore a haunted high-rise hotel, which is funny because it's not a mansion. Um, nope. Incorporating different themes on each floor, which some of the floors are like multi-floors, which is funny. Um, <laughs> and rescue his friends from the ghosts that inhabit it. After the group is tricked into visiting it for a vacation by an old foe. Um, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> and there's lots of puzzle solving. You get Gooigi. All that craziness with Guiji, like, is like a, another gimmick. Um, interestingly, though, it mentioned next level games, and I was when I see a, a group like that that put out a Nintendo one, I always like to see what they've done. Um, so they started with NHL Hits Pro. <laughs> I loved NHL Hits Pro. <laughs> it was good, 
And then they moved to Mario Strikers. Mario Strikers Charged. And Spider-Man Friend or Foe on the Wii, which is interesting. Um, and there was it was a multi-release. They also did Punch-Out. Well, just the though. Wii version, though. I think the, that was developed differently. Um, well, it says that they developed the Wii 360 and PS2. So they might have oh, developed did it? them all. Yeah, it says that on Wikipedia as much as you trust that. I don't trust <laughs> it too much. Um, but they did Punch-Out, which I loved Punch-Out. Oh, yes. That was amazing. The, the Wii version of Punch-Out. Yeah. Um, and, of course, in between Dark Moon and Luigi's Mansion 3, they did Federation Force Metroid Prime, the one that everybody hated because it had nothing to do with Samus. Um. <laughs> but it was a good game. It just I never people, played it. People, people what happened is <clears throat> if they released that after they announced Metroid Samus Returns, I think people would have been fine. Or if there was another Metroid game before that, I think it would have been fine. What happened was it was people were starved for a new Metroid. It's been a while since other M and other M didn't set the world on fire. I enjoyed it, but a lot of people didn't. I enjoyed it um, too. But because of that, people were so hungry for a new Metroid, and when this came out, it wasn't what they were expecting, so there was backlash. The game itself is actually pretty good. Um, it's well designed. It's it's a lot of fun, but. It's very loosely Metroid. It's it's just another game set in that universe. Yeah. And if you know, if again, if they announced another game plus it, I don't think people would have cared. It's kind of like you know, Four Swords, Four Swords Adventures, and Triforce Heroes for Zelda. They're not typical Zelda yeah. games. They have their own gimmick, and people don't give them backlash because there's other Zelda games coming out. So it's like, all right, this, they're just doing something different. Um, the story is canon. But I definitely consider Triforce Heroes being my least favorite Zelda game. I I like Four Swords not, Adventures. I love both Four Swords. Mm-hmm. I um, like both Four Swords. And, and Triforce Heroes, when I was doing it solo, I didn't like it. But when I was I, doing it solo. I didn't like it. When I was doing it online, it was like a week or two afterward, and there were some trolls that would literally just pick you up and throw you in the lava all the damn yeah. time. And he used to, <clears> it just pissed me off. And I was like, "All right, I'm done. I'm not playing the game anymore." However, it's not. I fun. did that with two of my friends in person. We That's all got the together. Only way to do it, and it was a lot of fun doing it that way. Mm-hmm. So, so in all reality, it's a couch co-op online <laughs> like multiplayer because when you're playing with a-holes online they're going to be a-holes and it's the same with federation force it's the Is same kind it? of because uh, it's like it's like mission structure kind of deal and that's actually how the um the ghost uh over here in luigi's mansion the multiplayer which they scare call it the scream park and the no. scare scraper um, the scare scraper was like cooperative, but the thing is, the way it's structured, you work together. There's really no yep. way to kill each other. And no, but you can you can be a troll in the sense of if someone gets in a trap, just not let them out. Yeah. Exactly. Or every like everybody has to be on the button to get to the next floor. You could purposely be like, ha, screw you! I'm just gonna sit over here and let time run out. Yeah. So I mean, so people are still going to troll, but and and that's my main thing about those types of games that are com- like cooperative is that if you're not with friends, it's there's <clears> always <throat> somebody that's going to make it like a not not a fun experience, which kind of sucks. Makes me mad. That's the nature of humans, unfortunately. Mm-mm. But it makes more of a cool thing for us to all get together at a convention and play some multiplayer on a game. So. Ooh. I actually think that, and this is what I was trying to do with JP, but we never got it off off the ground, is that we should have Switch Mania Playcast multiplayer party at these conventions. Like, whenever we can all get together, we 
say, all right, we're going to be at this convention. All listeners come, and we will play this game, whatever game it is, and like make it a multiplayer fun thing. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah, because we had a lot of participation with Mario Maker 2. Like, tons of people playing our levels, and we were playing their levels, and that was really fun. I, I want to do that again. Like, And the thing is, is when I'm in, when I move out to Georgia, I should have a reliable internet again, and I'm going to try to do some um, Let's Plays for the Playcast. Like, I'll play the game or whatever, and it'll be, like, a certain day. Or like, all right, I'm doing this to play you know, a live play of, of whatever the game of the week is. And then maybe we can do some multiplayer during that too. Sounds good. But speaking of game of the week, we should probably get back to, let's get back to Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> back to, back to the rabbit hole. Yeah. We got sidetracked as always. Well, we were talking about the scare scraper. So yeah, the scare scraper is pretty fun. I don't know if you played it, but I definitely played it for an hour. <laughs> I played it for like two rounds and I had people who wouldn't step on the button and move on to the floors. And I'm like, yeah, I'm done. (laughs) Been there, done that. Uh, I played it the release weekend uh, online. It was, it was pretty fun for me, but yeah. So, um, for me, I ended up playing the game for a while. Um, and then I would keep going back to it because it wasn't the game of the week for the playcast. So I would continually be playing other things, and I'd go back to it. And it came to the point where every week I was, like, beating a floor. Um, and I was mentioning the last few weeks on the Playcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as far as I've gotten now is I'm at the boss of the furnace, the basement two, the furnace area, mm-hmm. the little the hillbilly guy, hillbilly, yep. hillbilly ghost. With um, the rubber like, ducky tube. Yeah, he's, like, floating around the rubber ducky tube, and I haven't seen how to beat him yet outside of just trying to probably trap him with a bomb or something um but like i haven't like i literally got to that and then i had to go do something i think i had an emergency at the house or something happened and i was um dealing with that so i never got and i haven't gotten back to it since there so i'm in basement two that's uh it definitely said i'm over halfway <laughs> oh yeah you're definitely you're you only have a few more floors after that yeah because they said i was halfway and then we went to the basement and i'm like oh and then like it's after i got done with the museum of natural history or whatever they called that one that um, was a it was a short floor too it was super short and then like all right you're about halfway and i'm like really and and keep in mind though and i say this like every episode i don't use online at all so I have no clue how far I am. Um, well, you can see the the missing buttons in the elevator, yeah. how many floors there are. I mean, but the way that Luigi's Mansion works is it could have four or five floors left, but then they're like, all right, the cat stole the blah, 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 and you got to follow them through seven floors, and there's it's a whole nother takes two, three hours. You know what I mean? Yeah, the cat. We'll yeah. talk about the cat. <laughs> yeah, so there's stuff like that. So, so basically the breakdown of Luigi's Mansion, before we get too sidetracked on – on, so obviously I didn't beat it yet, um, but that's just because of the way of the world. I worked all week, all that fun jazz at blah, 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 excuses, excuses. <laughs> life, life, life. No time, Barry. No time. No Jeff. time. Um, that's my thing. You can't call my phrase. No time is me. <laughs> um, but the, the key is, though, is that um, this game is really cool to the point of you just go around at your own pace search around you have tons of little um different things you can do as luigi like you can have the vacuum suck you could have the vacuum push you could press the buttons together it does a little explosion you press a button and it does like illuminates things it can bring like 
items to life from the, and like you have these little ghost pellets that you can suck up and then it creates it in the real world there's you can uh, shoot a plunger at things and pull on them. You can create Gooigi, which is, you know, the, the second Luigi, and then he can, like, walk through grates, um, and, but can't touch water. Um, there is... What else am I missing? There are so many things. There's the ability to jump. You can push both buttons at the same time. Well, yeah, you push, you, yeah, you press both um, There's... There's the slam. Oh, yeah, so... The slam is the new thing from uh, that's introduced, but basically it kind of changes how the original used to work um, yes. with the slam. So basically, back in the day, <clears throat> you would Ghostbuster style suck up the ghosts, and they would fight with you for a long time, and you'd suck them up. Now you do the same thing, except for if you pull away from them or against their momentum eventually it says press a once you press a you start slamming them and instead of pulling their hp or their time away by one it does it by 10 at a time and so they go pretty fast you can also slam them into others which also takes away their hp i'll use hp in quotation marks um but it makes things significantly easier um but also it's still not you know, like a, a gimme. I still take damage every once in a while, but there's plenty of hearts and things that you can do to get HP back. Um, but yeah, it's there's so many cool things that I think the um the little other thing that I was talking about the that makes everything appear is called the dark light bulb. Mm-hmm. Um, that thing is I like that because you just run around and use the dark light bulb <laughs> like. Um, I will say, we mentioned I did a complete Virtual Boy book. I love that you get the Virtual Boo. Whenever he yes. calls you, this Virtual Boy pops up. And like <sighs> I took some screenshots of that. that so I love that. Cool. So cool. But there's so much like depth to the gameplay now um, that I feel like... Well, one thing that I feel like is if I put this thing down for more than like a, a week, I'm going to be kind of lost. Or I'm going to miss something. Um, so I've been trying always to backtrack. Yeah, I can always backtrack or just learn it. But I, I get a little anxiety when it comes to because I don't want to restart a game over. Um, but I will say that the new slam also does make the you got to hunt booze like actual Mario style booze later. Um, in the middle of the game or whatever, but it makes them those battles so easy when they used to be pretty hard back in the day. On the original, very much so. So it's super easy. <clears throat> but you know what? There's, I'll say this: the, the rewards, the actual like final rewards, are pretty terrible in this game. Are they? But but the you know tracking down like all the gems on each floor is uh, the reward in itself is finding them because they're very clever a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, the boos are more annoying than anything else because it uses the vibration. Uh, you have to find the object that's vibrating the most where, oh, it's definitely here. But if there's two objects right next to each other and you have no idea which one it is and you pick the wrong one, the boo is like, ha you you screwed up. You picked the wrong one and then he hides in another room. Oh, is like, that oh, what my. it does? Yeah. Oh, that's because I would like sit there and follow it around like <clears throat> three or four different times. And I figured you had to do that like three or four times before it would let you fight them. No, you, oh. you, could, you could find the right one right away, but it has to be the most vibration. I've never done that. Okay. I didn't, yes. I didn't even realize that. That's funny. Like, I was sitting there playing, and I'm like, man, these are... Because 
because you can get like these little what are they called icons or something from Egad in his lab, Professor yeah. Egad, and like it'll tell you where the boo is in the in the level, and I would do <clears> that, and then it, the boo would be there, and I'd just say, all right, let me look in everything, and then it he says hi, no, and it runs away. When you're in the room with the boo, once you interact with something, if it's not the right thing, he'll be like, hi, you screwed up, and he leaves. Uh, but it's not just stuff you can interact, so it's not just like a crate or a barrel or something you could push X on. Sometimes it's something that you can't interact with, and you actually have to use the plunger and you know suck it up and, and slam it and break it to get the ghost out so sometimes he hides or they hide in uh and things that you can't actually interact with but you have to only one shot per room and like towards the end it wasn't wasn't too bad but the it was the uh the floor that was the the mall that one it took me like 10 times because it's like he hides like where the boss is and there's all these little things that are all next to each other. And it's like, Oh my God, two objects right next to each other. My backpack is vibrating like crazy. I'm like, Oh my God, which, which <laughs> one is it? It's eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Oh, I picked the wrong one. <laughs> See, I didn't even know that. Now that I know that it'll probably make it so much easier. Um, I think I only have one to find right now on the map. Cause I keep on finding them as I go along, yeah. which is a fun breakup of the gameplay. Honestly, it is. Um, and the thing is, is that like I've enjoyed playing it like one a week because it's just a fun little distraction. It's great in handheld mode. It's great on the big screen. I've played both. And I do have to say, though, that and I mentioned it. I think it might have been the first week you were on, but like I'm using the Daemon X Machina big ass. Uh, I love those things. I can't play it with the normal Joy-Cons anymore. I just don't like the analog stick now on the Joy-Cons compared to those. Compared to those the are the best Joy-Cons. I love those things so much. And and for those that haven't, that are listening, that don't have or haven't actually held those, it's like having a Pro Controller in your hand, and they're not heavy. So it nope. doesn't add a bunch of weight. It just adds a little width to the side. And it looks ridiculous when you're playing it, but <laughs> like it does. It looks insane. It looks futuristic, though. Um but yeah, it's like I, that's I can't play without those now, which is yep. scary. I I play ninety nine percent of the time docked anyway, but but I have those for when I do. Like right now, my father in law is in town and and he's using the living room TV where, yeah. where you know it's like okay now I got to take out a dock even though I have two other TVs with docks that I could go to. It's like oh my handheld, I'll play all handheld. Well, <laughs> then you will appreciate the next the game of the week for next week. Oh boy! Oh yeah, you're gonna appreciate it. But oh, you already I, I wanna, decided it. Oh boy! <laughs> oh yeah, I got a good one. Cause and and we'll go into it after we tell us how far you've gotten in the game. <laughs> All right. So Luigi's Mansion Three. So I I have beat it. I mm-hmm. beat it a hundred percent in terms of. Uh, all all floors done, uh, all bosses done, um, all gems found, all booze found. Nice. Um, I again, I the only thing I don't have are the rare ghosts which appear in Scarescraper because I tried that mode and after a couple times of being trolled, I'm like, you know what? I don't have time for this. Can we play um, that with friends? You might be able to do that with friends because if we can do that with friends, we'll just set up a a Switch Mania land party. Like that's what we'll call them land parties, but we'll send up a switch mini at game time, and if you want a hundred percent, we can try to do that. We we could we could go for that. It's just 
it wasn't as imperative because yeah. there's other games that I would like to give my time to. Plus, exactly. you know, that's also when I came onto the playcast. So I had <clears throat> Yokulele to get back to and then the Hat and Time, of course. And then, again, you know, Pokemon came out and stuff and like that. And you were playing Super Lucky's Tale, too. And Super Lucky Tale, Tale yes. Yeah, so Which and, I still um, haven't even fired up. I, so. I actually just started AI um, last night, which so far is really good because uh, I love the Zero Escape games. Um, so yeah, it was one of those where I was like, ah, I'll just, I'll just move on to, to something else. But overall, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this game. I mean, the, the graphics are beautiful. The music is really, really good. The, the story is nothing to write home about, but it's a Mario game. It never is. It's all about the gameplay. Yep. The puzzles are phenomenal. Like the actual floor puzzles as Amazing. well as the, like the, the gem puzzles. And they're like fun. That's the thing. Like, like it's so hard in game development to just hit that perfect combination of like difficulty and fun. And it does do that. And like each floor, like the movie floor, and you're like going oh, in yes. and out of TVs. And then you look in the camera, and like the the city, you're like looking at a city, and you look in the camera, and the city's on fire. And then yeah. you have to do like. Like, you have to go find a torch in another area to get on fire. It was, like, so complex, and I didn't use any online guide. So I was literally having to figure it out, and it was super cool. Yeah, and the, the thing is, is some some are a little bit more in-depth than others. Like, the movie one is a small, small like, map, but it has an in-depth puzzle, whereas, like, the museum is a small map, and it's just relatively quickly you get to the boss pretty much right away. In the, um, um, in the movie one, can you not kill the, end, the, bo- the ghost? Oh, you can. No, I'm saying, can you not kill him? Oh, yeah, you could. You Cause could I, cause I sucked because I sucked him up, but he was still doing the editing or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, if eh, you screw if, you, guy, and I pulled him in, but I'm like, yeah, you can walk away and leave him, and it's fine. He'll be there, and if you go back later, he's finished editing oh, the movie, and I, then you could suck him up then too. I'm a jerk. I didn't let him finish. You didn't even let him finish <laughs> his masterpiece. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> he was messing he, with me too much, that jerk. <laughs> yeah, Morty. Poor Morty. He's making me uh, fight Godzilla. That was- I love that boss. So, so the boss battles, oh my gosh! Like each one has a gimmick, but that one, that in the movie one, you're like you're literally fighting like a Godzilla ghost, and it's like going through with giant like like skyscrapers little, little, in it. Little cars are hitting your feet and falling off. <laughs> it was so cool, and that's the one thing like. This game, I, I just wrote, I wrote, like, no notes for this actual perfect game, question mark. <laughs> That's all I wrote. It's, it's just so cool, and it's like a, not even a guilty pleasure game, because it's not, like, embarrassed that you would play it, no. but it's, it's just like a, a good, chill action game, like a little action-adventure, like, Ghostbusters game, like your Ghostbuster, basically, and it's a lot better than a lot of, than, than people seem to think it would be. Because I've seen a lot of people comment online, like, "Oh my god, this is this is so much better than I thought." Like, "Oh, this is actually a game of the year contender." Like, this is, and it really is. It's just good. I think people think with the because the original one was kind of short, yeah, very and, short, and um, I enjoyed it. The original one, I had it on the GameCube at launch, so I I thought it was awesome, but I also wasn't looking for a million dollar game. Don't care. Uh, Dark Moon was kind of a miss for people. I don't know why. I enjoyed it, but then I got stuck somewhere and stopped playing it back in the day. Dark Moon, I think, was a miss for some people because of the mission structure. Because yeah. once you were like exploring and you found your objective, it, it was like Mario 64, where it pulled you back oh, out. And it was like, oh, I got to go back in. Yeah, and then this one is 
they it does that quote unquote, but it's more like you just go to the elevator and it's more fluid because you're going to the elevator yeah. to, to to go to a new floor and and you don't even need to like sometimes e guy will call you back and you can literally just push start and go right back to the lab like it's no big deal and then go right back to where you were yes. it saves exactly where you were I do like that so I mean I. I think that whatever issues people have with Dark Moon, Luigi's Mansion 3 fixed it, and then yes. some. Added so much stuff. The game is huge. Um, I've been playing it now for hours. I, I mean, it's not the biggest game of all time, but it's it's a lot of game. Um, it, it depends on, honestly, it depends on what you want to do. Like, if you just want to rush through and go through as fast as possible, you could beat it probably you know, quickly, probably, you know, 10 hours. But if you want to go for all the gems, if you want to go back for all the booze, um, absolutely. Um, I would yeah, say, there's more game. I would there. say 10 hours is a lot of game though. That's, that's, <coughs> it that's, is. A, that's a lot of game. Like, it is. That, that's the thing. It's like, I think gamers nowadays have unrealistic expectations out of games. Great. They want hundred hour freaking games. And it's like a 10 hour media experience on something is, is amazing. I'm just thinking like, we pay like how much to go see a movie for ninety minutes, and we love them. Um, yep. You know what I mean? Like a, a typical movie is ninety minutes, and that's cool. Well, a video game having a ten-hour interactive experience is awesome when it's yep. done this well. Like it's not like you're trudging through and there's filler, and because at the hundred-hour mark, a lot of games have um, filler. There is a little bit of filler, and that is the cat. Well, the cat yeah. <laughs> is filler it is neat it is novel it is more groaning than anything else just because it's like i gotta go back to that floor now i gotta track you down i gotta find you i just wanted to move on to the next floor it's it's filler in the sense that it it halts progression it's not a bonus thing like oh you can go back and look for the boo that's optional it's oh you really want to get to the next floor well guess what you got to track this go this ghost cat for like five floors that you previously went through just to find him and do a little puzzle before you can get him and finally get the elevator button to move on and and at the first one the first time i did this which was a hint at the cat was um was it a mouse that swallowed it or took it like a rat or something took it the very first yeah. time and it was like it was a quick one on one floor but that's like a a um something of it foreshadowing like, yeah it's for shadows it's like a it's for things to come like it's like oh no like the cat the first cat one i know it's coming again because the cat isn't gone um i know it's gonna come again near the end of the game and it and, it, and it's and a lot longer the second time and it'll be worse exactly and it, i say worse because it is a trudge a little bit it is it's 100 yeah. percent a touch so and again that's if, it could be optional they could have done something where I was like, here's an optional thing, go after the cat, you get a bonus item or something like that. But you don't need to. You could just say, screw it and keep going. That would be cool. Because I would. But you were forced to. <laughs> you were forced to do the cat. So that is probably the only thing I could say negative about the game. And again, that's only negative if you find that negative. If you find this as like, oh, this, is, this isn't a hindrance at all. This is no big deal. I like this kind of thing. Then – then disregard everything I'm saying. Then it's absolutely perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it all depends on how quickly you want to beat the game, and it does. It adds more to the game, but not in a good way. It's pat. That's padding. It's padding. Yeah, and just imagine like that's the only spot though, which is cool because normally you'll have multiple, multiple padding in a game like Witcher Three or something. There's tons, infinite padding in that game. It's a Triforce quest in Wind Waker. Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. 
and well that's what the, this is this is padding and you know other than that i love the i love the bosses all the bosses in this game have such good characteristics they're all personas in their own and i kind of want to spend more time with them um yeah some of them were pretty easy to knock out and they had some personality there's there is no at least that i've seen no boss rush or anything right um not that i'm aware of no like because i was was looking maybe like scream park where you're doing the competitive team matches online maybe they had like a boss rush or something i think they're um i do because it basically what i see is that you're um the scare scraper you do 25 floors um and then there's like four player competitive mode for uh scream park you figure like it would be there's tougher bosses there's bosses that you do but like it's not really no there's no boss rush which is weird because next level i think it was next level did or was it was the next level that did the luigi's mansion one port on the 3ds yeah, um, I think so. Because there is like the portrait ghost there, and you because there's a whole gallery, and you can click on them and in that version and refight them anytime you wanted. Which um, is so cool. it'd be really yeah, it's very cool. I, I kind of wish they did something like that. Like you can go into the gallery in this game and pick a pick one of the bosses and click it and refight it. Um, I, mean, I think you think about it like modern times. You refight it. It tracks your time that you took to beat it, and then yeah. it puts it on an online board, and then you're literally creating more depth to the game with a boss rush where it's like, all right, so I beat the Godzilla boss in X amount of minutes. I'm number 1,000 in the world because <laughs> I did it terribly. But, <laughs> but like somebody else would be like, all right, I'm top in the world on this, and it gives more depth. It's, it's a simple thing to add. Um, and they already did it with the Portrait Ghost in the remake, yes. um, which I also heard was kind of a miss on the 3DS because it was a little bit like the graphics weren't quite as crisp. Oh, I, I liked it. I thought they did a yeah. good job with it. Hmm. Now let me ask you this: what what so far w- was your standout floor? Like like oh wow, this hmm. this floor is really cool. I mean, I really did like the movie one. I thought that gimmick was was cool because. Once I figured out the looking through the camera and everything, um, which Egag keeps on telling you to, um, I thought that yes. was really fun. I did like the, um, is it the arena level? That was a really big world where it was everything was like in Sparta and Rome. Oh, you're talking the knights? Colosseum and the knights. Castle? And that stuff was really cool. I enjoyed it. And it was because I. I like the deeper, longer levels more so. I want to say than the the short ones. So yeah, I think for me it was the the magic floor, where it was mm-hmm. like the whole thing was like magic axe and throwing knives. And I don't know if you got to that floor yet. Um, I'm at basement like, two, so well, I don't remember what where, where it falls. Like there's like an upside down room, and room starts switching around, and it's like who was the it's boss? Like it's the three three ghosts nope, magicians. Oh, okay, so you're coming up there. That cool. that is a really cool floor. I think that's that's one of my <sighs> yeah, favorites. That's um, cool. I like the Egyptian floor. I don't know if you've gotten that one yet. Um, no, and I love Egypt uh, in games. So. Uh, the, the Egyptian floor coming up. I, I think that one's really cool. Uh, so there's a lot in this game, by the way. There's a there's a and you know the themes are good. Like the movie, like you said, the the, the movie studio is, is really cool. The one I I didn't like as much as I would have liked to, and I think it's just because I had to backtrack there so many times. Was the garden? 
Um, the yeah. guy just like trudged going back to got to go around and go yeah. up the stairs and swing over the vine. Like that one started to wear out its welcome for me because you had to go back there for the cat. Although I will say the chainsaw room was the best room in the game. That was where you could just cool chainsaw room. everything apart. There was one room in that one that was frustrating for me. I can't remember what it was. But I had to. It, I was think it with there was the mushrooms where you had to bounce up and go higher up. And... No, that was it. Was there was one where was like something was stuck in the toilet, and then you had to do a whole run around to to figure yes. out how to unplug one of like, the bathrooms. Yeah, that was it. Was kind of like I got stuck, and because I refused to use anything online, I was sitting there just trying to figure it out. And you know, because it's all puzzle based, I'm just keep at it until I figure out what to do. Yes. Um, yeah, that that was a. Uh, I, I do think I know what room you're talking about. Yeah. There, there was a couple times I did did get a little on the stuck side, and I was like, "All right, you know what? I need to step away for a minute. You know, take care of some other stuff, and I'll come back with a more fresh head and, and figure things out." Yeah. But no, overall, I thought it was great. I do wish the game told you from the start. Like, hey, the money you have is important in the sense of it gives you a different rank at the end. Yeah. Um, because if you don't know that and you're like, why am I getting all this money? Like, there's nothing really to spend it on. Well, it's actually a ranking um, later on. But I, I always collect all the money in these games just because <laughs> Wario Land on the Virtual Boy ruined me. And I'm like, uh, so you, I, you, what do you do? You get a better um, hotel or motel better at the mansion end. at the end. Yeah, yeah. Better, better hotel at the end. I kind of uh, anticipated you, that, but... <laughs> Spoilers. Um, keep your money. Um, don't buy stuff if you could avoid it. Uh, oh, I'm still gonna buy whatever. I don't care. <laughs> I only bought a couple extra lives because there were there were a couple tough um, bosses, and I've seen a lot of people have problems with the uh, the musical one, which also you know was my first death, the one with the piano. Oh yeah, I, I think didn't die there. That that I think was one of the tougher bosses. You I was about to die on Hillbilly Jim in the basement, but then I got sidetracked, so I was like, I stopped playing. <laughs> No, I think I think that one and the final boss I died on. Those are the only two real bosses that that, that got me. Okay. But I was I always made sure to have a golden bone, um, just in I, case. I think I have two golden bones right now, and I haven't used them. So yeah, I think I think on the the final boss I had two golden bones for for when I finally finished it. I used two lives to to do it, and I know other people, you know, probably be like, "What? That was easy. I did it without getting hit." And you know, everyone plays differently. <laughs> <laughs> Great for you. <laughs> so um, I would say it's time to do our however we decide to recommend the game. Um, like if you want to give a rating, don't matter. Um, I would say this is a must own for the Switch. Um, that's just anybody can find fun with this game. Um, I don't know if they need to have it as a first day purchase. Um, if you're not a huge fan, but definitely, definitely needs to be part of everyone's collection. I agree. I think this is a, a must own, must play. Um, at least give it a shot. If you're unsure if this is the type of game for you, at least give it a shot. I don't know if there's a demo, but if you can get a hold of it, you know, Redbox, whatever. Um, definitely give it a shot and see how you like because. I, I think the charm of this game, just the, the animation, the characters, they really grow on you. And it's almost like watching a silent movie in a sense where like the, the, the animation or you know the actions of the characters really have to convey 
the feelings and the emotions as opposed to being told. And while there is some voice, um, it's very, very little. And a lot of it is just, just the way Luigi acts or reacts and the way Polter Pup reacts and acts and the way the ghosts even do. Uh, it's just very funny. And I, if, if they said, hey, we're going to use the same animator and make a 15-minute a you know, cartoon series out of this, I would be the first one there to watch it. <laughs> Oh, absolutely, and this does go to show, though, that, like, this is a classic example of Nintendo first-party games just being excellent. Yes. Like, I mean, it's developed by somebody else, but Nintendo-published games are just, like, why a Nintendo console is always amazing to own, regardless if you have a, you know, Xbox One or PS4, like, it's always great to have Nintendo because they're constantly putting out first party titles that are exclusive and it's just like that is the the you know the draw of the switch 100 percent, and i love it and that's why i'll always like i want to say this is my final console the switch but like i guarantee you they're gonna come up with another another nintendo console down the line and it's gonna be amazing and can't say no. <laughs> there, there's no such thing as a final. As long as they keep putting it out, you're going to buy it just like I'm going to buy it. I mean, I am an author on this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, you man. have to look at it. The more they put out, the the more uh, content they have for you to write about. So they're more keeping cool you in stuff. business in a sense. <laughs> more cool stuff to talk about. <laughs> keeping us Speak- casting. <laughs> speaking of talking about, we should yeah. talk about some... Uh, some people who have uh, comments. So let's uh, let's first uh, the last piece after the recommendation. The next game that we're playing. Oh, um, oh yeah. So going forward, since we're in the holiday season, all yes. the games. Um, I want to pick smaller playthrough games, games that are easy for us to pick up and play. Uh, shorter time sinks, as it may be. So okay. my recommendation and what we should play for the week is Downwell. So my, down my well, copy hasn't even come in yet. I'm no? waiting for it. No. What? No, I know. I'm waiting for Downwell to come in. Who's sending you Downwell? Who's sending Downwell? Special Reserve. Special Reserve. You're listening. Get that crap let, out. Let me, let me see. I'm, I'm gonna do a. I, I Smitty. It uses on, the Smitty. switch grip. It uses the switch grip, and it's a perfect little quick arcadey game. I thought I was getting it. I got a box from Special Reserve. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be Downwell. It was Gris. Uh huh. And I was yep. like, "Oh, that, that's that's not not down well." I wonder if it's um. So if that's the case, yeah, because I don't actually have it yet. Let me. I'm gonna sign in and see what the status is. Yeah. While you... So so we'll make that as soon as Barry gets that in. We'll make that a game during the holiday season. Um. Alternatively, I have a, a different one. Unless you have a game that's right on the top of your head. Um. Uh, well, let's I have. See. You have, well, what's your one? Let's do that first. So my other one that would be easy for us to talk about would be something like the Atari Flashback Classics. So we could just play some Atari games, and we'll chat about some Atari games and how we like it. Oh, you know what? Huh. Today, package out for post office delivery. So I haven't checked the mail, so I might have actually gotten done well today. Yeah. So, I mean... The the key is is that we'll probably go to some of these collections. So like the Atari Flashback collection, like the classics. Okay. Um stuff like that, I did get that in the mail. Um spoiler for my pickups. Um but I think stuff like that'll make it easy because then we can just talk about how we like the collection, what's on there and everything. And it won't be too much of a time sink as a giant game 
like Witcher Three would be. Oh, no, that's, yeah. that's a never huge, ending. Huge never ending. Um, but I would say that's what we'll do from going forward. So I, since you have Downwell, <laughs> yeah. you will. Uh, I'm assuming it's there. I, I hope no one's talking now. Let's do Downwell. I I did get it the other. I did play it a little bit this past week. It's a quick quick game, right? It's a, it's a quick fun game, and it's uh you keep playing it. Um, awesome. It's super fun. So you just keep progressing further as your skill increases. So, but you start from the beginning each time. Ah, oh, it's one of those. Okay, I, yeah. I like those. It's just a little roguelike. Yep. Yeah, I'm not a fan of roguelikes, so we'll see how how we do. I, I, I like roguelike only like if there's uh, enough progression. Like I wasn't uh, a fan of Dead Cells because I felt like every time I wasn't getting stronger enough. Versus a game like I, I love Sundered. Uh, Sundered was like. Sundered. You you get you get like experience points every time, and then when you come back to the start, you can spend them on a tree. So you progressively, even if you even if you don't get as far as you may want to, you you know like oh now I've got more HP, now I've got more strength, and those are permanent increases on your tree every time. So you can you can constantly progress. So you can almost grind. So you if call you need those rogue light. You ro- rogue like instead of rogue like something like Sundred though would be called road rogue light. It well, then I like roguelite. <laughs> yeah, because that's what they call that. So there's like multiple genres when it comes to that. And I'm not a uh. fan of the roguelikes because there's not enough. But a roguelite keeps enough progression to keep you coming back. Yeah, I need um, that. I need and they're, they're more for beginner gamers or whatever. But and, uh, whatever. I, okay. I, feel, I feel like, <laughs> but in my opinion, I feel like a roguelike is kind of an excuse to pad out a game when they could just do good game design and play through it. Um, you know, they're trying to make stuff Nintendo hard without having to do intricate development. Um, but not always and every single developer is a little different, but that's how I see it, you know what I mean? All right. Like if I have to generalize it. And so I've not been a fan of most of them. There's a few that I've gotten through. So this one will be fun, but it seems more like an arcade game than roguelike. A roguelite. It feels more like an arcade game. Like okay. you just get as far as you get on a on a credit, and then start over if you don't get good. Like that's another example is an arcade style game, and it uses the flip grip, which is importable. So now that you have family over, you can play it. <laughs> See, now I understand why you said that. Yeah, here. But you can you. still play it docked, right? You can. Um, I think you can, but it you're gonna play it in Tate mode. Tate mode. That's okay. Well, 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 I'll see how it is. You know, if, it if, I, if it, it doesn't look as cool, not in Tate mode. I will say that because it's, uh, like, right. it's like partial screen. Because you could play it even in docked, like the other way, but it looks perfect on the the Tate mode style. Well, so, I'll give it a try multiple ways, and we'll see how it comes out next week. <laughs> exactly. Um. So let's uh let's go back, and we had some feedback from yes from the week and so basically if we're not getting tagged or whatever it's if we happen to come across it we'll mention you on on the cast um i think this was something where somebody tagged jp well one of them was someone tagged jp and one of them tagged us jp then tagged us in it but no Ah. so the the first one was uh from on twitter from uh, coe chris 78 Mm -hmm. um he he uh, actually tagged jp and said after the podcast i was intrigued after the sale i was sold uh for ukulele and the impossible layer which was on sale or or is on sale at gamestop for ten dollars and makes uh, me mad that now i could have gotten it for ten dollars i me too me too i got it for 40 (laughs) yeah me too um 
And uh, JP actually tagged us. Um, so we did great in the podcast. So thank you, JP. And uh, thank you, uh, COE Chris. I, I really am hoping you're enjoying ukulele in the impossible layer. And also for that same podcast, um, Landon Sanders actually tagged us, said, I just got this for $10 at GameStop. I'm excited to play it after hearing Hagen's Alley and Hawk Hellfire's thoughts on the playcast, which again is ukulele. So Landon, uh, I'm interested to hear your thoughts as well. And, and hopefully you guys are enjoying that game. And uh, thank you for, for tagging us in that. And uh, we'd love to hear it. And if anybody else like tagged us or or um, you know commented on the podcast and we don't talk about it, give us crap online and we'll make sure that we talk. Because like literally, like my I, I run a publishing company, my feeds get overloaded, and that's where I'm like told Barry, I'm like, hey, what did you see again? Because I it gets lost on mine. Like it's yeah. crazy. I, I, I Twitter sometimes gets lost, but but it is great. So if you do tag us, um, you'll oh, see yeah. it, and Absolutely. and I'll do my best personally to reply to every single one, um, and uh, yeah, I'd love to hear the feedback, and I, I, I hope think you agree. We were, we were going back and forth with uh, there was one listener she's trying to get caught up on them. There we were you were going back and forth with her too, yeah, like a bunch of times throughout the week. So it's super cool though. Just I'll do it. Yeah, if people are enjoying, like I, I will comment whenever I can too. Um, I, I'm interested to hear feedback. Like, uh, if you bought the game because of the playcast. Now, I don't think that's going to be as much of an issue with this one. I'm sure the majority of listeners have already played Luigi's Mansion Three yeah. or were planning to get it anyways. But uh, you know, maybe with Downwell bringing some more uh, attention to a lesser known title and exactly. and uh, and I, I like I, to I love- do lesser known titles anyways. Because I feel like some of the stuff is getting lost in the sauce um, with so many releases. That's, that's why I'm playing AI right now. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, I didn't want to miss out on that. I love Zero Escape, and I wanted to give that a chance. And, and so far, so good from what I played. So, maybe maybe um, that will be a one, and I'll make you play it. <laughs> I don't have it yet, so it might make me get it. Um, <laughs> all you got to do is give me a heads up like a week before you're going to nominate it so I can buy it. Um, that's what JP would be bad. And he's like, we're playing this game. I'm like, I don't have it, JP. <laughs> that's the only thing. So we just like for, for next week, we'll let you do a nomination finally. Um, oh, however, however, just let me know. So that way, like JP would try to keep it a secret. And I'm like, well, if oh. I don't have it, man, you tell me live. It's, I'm not going to have it. We got to wait. So you buy it anyway. Yeah, that, that's fine though. But I would say keep stuff that's a, not a huge time sink right now for the holidays because I'm also moving and not going to have a whole lot of time to, to dedicate into long games. But any kind of short game, I can always you know set aside a couple hours. That's that's too easy. Um, yeah. So let's go over to uh, pickups. Um, I already mentioned that I did get in Atari Flashback Classics. Um, that's a long release ago. Um Yes. There was basically a member on the Switch Core community that posted some games for sale, and I picked up three from one of the members. Um, and that was one of them, Atari Flashback Classics, which I've been waiting for. Also got Burger Time Party, nice. um, which I will not lie, I freaking hate Burger Time. The original. I'm not a fan either. I hate <laughs> I it. it. I hate it, but my wife loves it. So that being said, Burger Time Party is like four-player cooperative or competitive, as it may be, um, throughout the levels. So we can actually, you know, play with the entire family um, if we ever can get my daughter to play anything but Minecraft. 
Uh, <laughs> but but no, it's the the um the idea is my wife likes it, so I was waiting for it to get it for a good price, and you know somebody posting it was awesome. Um, and then the third game that was part of that uh, purchase was Horizon Chase Turbo, which I hadn't gotten. Oh, that's a good one. It's and I played it for a while. And it's so good. Like it's it is, so good. It is so good. The controls are great. I would talk about Arcady. <laughs> oh my god! And I would love to make that a, a Switch Mania Playcast episode for some time because I I just played through like the first world and I'm like I'm looking at all my friends on the uh, on the Switch and I'm like ooh I'm like in the top ten like I'm pretty good Riggs you suck at playing <laughs> I don't even know if I'm in your top ten or not I don't know what's your name on the, on the Switch I'm Hawk on the Switch you're Hawk just Hawk or are they Hawk or Hawk 1010? I forget. It's been a while. I'll, I'll look to see. But I mean, I've only played it once. I didn't play it like multiple times to like better my time. But it is a game where I could do that because it's so fun. And I think I'm- I got like three or four worlds in, and then I was like, "All right, I'm moving on." That's that was when I, I played that for a bit, and that's when I moved to Will, and and Will hooked me, and I was like, All right, "Horizon, I what?" Haven't played Will yet either. But um, <sighs> so good. That's a short, but a fun one. Don't even have it. Um. But yeah, Time to so, get it. <laughs> so that's the cool thing is that like I'm able to the way I'm collecting and just like waiting on certain games is I'll get them in and I'm like oh my god this is an amazing game and with Horizon Chase like there was that whole multiple collectors editions that they did they did like one offs um, that they were sending to like JP and a couple guys in the community really oh yeah and they're different variants and stuff yeah. And I asked them, and they're like, oh, and they didn't realize I knew about that version. <laughs> and then like, I'm like, hey, and then JP's like, oh, yeah, I have one. And I'm like, why are you keeping stuff hush-hush, JP? You're supposed to be <laughs> sharing this with the community. There's like three copies, and there, people are getting them, like community people are doing them as giveaways. And I'm like, why are you not publicizing this? Because this is like a three to five copy variant. That they're pushing out. Like, we gotta roll up the sleeves, I think, and march over. Yeah, go, go, go! <laughs> attack him. You live down the road. But that was the thing. Like I did that on an episode of the Playcast. I was asking him about it, and JP was tracking it. I'm like, what? Like, and that's where I was like, well, I want that version. But then I, you know, it's like, well, I'll just wait until I can get an affordable copy of the special edition. Yeah, the special, which is the retail release. Yeah, and it was cool. Um, and the thing is, the game's amazing. I definitely like supporting game developers, too. Um, the other two things that I got in the mail, I did also get Gris special edi- from Special Reserve. Um, mm-hmm. Again, though, this is the first release that they've done. It has that awesome texture to the box, but it's the first one they've done that's not black. Correct. So, But it does have that awesome fuzzy texture to the to the box it's just so cool the quality of special reserves boxes is probably my favorite out of all of the companies like it's just consistently the same size great quality and they might be my favorite and i don't think i've bought every release from them just because it's if it's not a game that i'm personally vested in or i would like i don't pre-order them but it's not against their quality because they're top-notch and then just like everybody else's like they're doing awesome stuff but i'm not buying every limited run games i'm not buying every strictly limited um just like last week what did we talk about the one that made you angry barry uh the taito um oh yeah that's uh, darius Darius. sorry darius well that's from titan yeah um the 
and it ended up being way too much money. I looked at the price and I'm like, eh, I can't do it. <laughs> like it really? Was, it was a hundred and something. I was like, no, I'm good. I got the standard release for both, both standard release for PS4 and for Switch. No, oh, I didn't even do that. I probably should have. It's gone. You, now, you, right? you want, you want, yeah, I think so. You want, you want the Japanese release because I got a Japanese special edition up for sale and a Japanese standard one. <laughs> it's probably too expensive, though, right? Yeah. I, I give you at cost. I'd give it to you what I paid. Price still is, too expensive, <laughs> <laughs> which is more than than the hundred, whatever. It's probably too expensive. That's what I'm saying. Like, like I'm literally like I'm okay to wait. Um, that's the other thing is like I'm not fiending to own everything immediately. Like as long as I put it in my tracker that I need to buy it eventually, it doesn't give me anxiety, which is good. I used to get anxiety bad on that stuff, but as long as I add it to my tracker, I'm like, all right, I just need the Darius collection sometime. Um, this will be arcade and console versions. Um, I'll be okay, and I just won't pay an arm and a leg for it. And eventually, if I get it for a good price, great. If I don't, I'll wait till I do. This is how I've gotten a sealed Caltron 6 and one for the NES. I'm, like, I've gotten some crazy... I have crazy stuff in my collection. And most of it's through patience. Yes, absolutely patience. Patience but, and bargaining. Yeah, and collecting is a marathon, not a sprint. Like, it means take your time. Get it all. Absolutely. If you try to collect retail, you'll go broke. Because $60 game, or in our case, ukulele $40 game turns to $10. Like, could it save 30 bucks they could have bought more games with but you don't know what you don't know um, but you know what if we waited till now we wouldn't have been able to have that playcast which that. helped inspire other people to mm-hmm. in you know discover the game so for me right. it's worth it well in that case though it is absolutely worth it and worth actually making games the playcast games to talk about um and the thing is, is that to me, the ukulele games aren't as obscure as something like Downwell. Yes. Of so, I mean, just imagine like people just hearing us talk about an obscure game. It's gonna be great. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mentioned a couple of them so far. <laughs> so, so the last one that I got was one that I had to do- I double dipped on by accident. Um, it is the Ninja Saviors, and I got a uh, strictly yeah. limited release. It is huge. Yeah. And now I'm debating. I'm like, so I'm only going to keep one copy of the game. Do I need the strictly limited release, or do I keep the? Because I got it from PlayAsia. Um, and I think the PlayAsia one came with a mini soundtrack. Um, yeah. Oh, so you got the Asian release or the strictly limited release? Both. I See, I well, one no. a long time ago. Yeah, I have I have the Asian release, the strictly limited, and the U.S. release because I'm going with the U.S. set, so I have two extras. <laughs> Yeah, and the thing is, I won't keep both, but the Strictly Limited sealed, probably somebody needs it. Um, yeah. I, I'm i okay having the Asian release, because it's the Japanese beat-em-up. Like, I'm like, ooh, I don't know. And, and, and at this point, there's so many different regions on the Switch. I'd, and, you know... <laughs> I don't know if I just need the NTSC because I'm just kind of collecting everything. And if later on I decide to make it all NTSC, I maybe I'll trade up, quote unquote, using quotation marks. Maybe I'll trade yeah. over. But right now, actively collecting, I might just help out somebody who needs it. So if you're listening, you need a Ninja Savior Strict Limit, just hit me up. Um, or me. Yeah, or you. I'll, I'll beat him by by, by a dollar. Mine's no, sealed. I don't know. <laughs> Mine too. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, bidding war. Let's go. But that's the thing. Then there's essentially two copies out there. Um, and the thing is, I'm not looking to. I'm at cost basically. So, cost plus shipping. 
Um, yep. Same with the Asian release. It's yeah. So they did come. They all came with different things except for the North American on that one too. We got nothing. Of course. Um, and, and, <laughs> that's, and that's the thing though is that like I'm like man I could start like a a soundtrack collection but then I don't collect CDs. Oh. I could do a vinyl collection but that's pretty expensive. And there's some games in there that I'm not super. Like I need the soundtrack for that game that were released on vinyl, and then there's some that aren't that are only on CD, and they should be on vinyl, but vinyl's niche. Um, you know, what I mean, there's a whole lot of connotations when it comes to collecting all the goodies. Um, so I've limited myself to all the retro style boxes. Um, the only one I don't have is Shantae, and that's just because. I didn't end up hooking up with JP out at um, in Hartford, Connecticut at <laughs> Retro Expo. Otherwise, I would have got it from him there. Um, and then because of that, I didn't have the um, the income to uh, to you know get him the money for those because they're pretty expensive. Um, yeah, and I sold mine at a video game con. Yeah, but that being said, though, I will gladly wait. And I and JP might be still holding on to it, and if he does, I'll still get it from him eventually. Um, whenever I can drum up enough cash, but I have a big house move coming, so priorities are always at the uppermost for me. Of course, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so out, outside of what I got, which was literally only two games this week that were were new, what else came out that you picked up that's like notable? <coughs> You got some cool um, stuff. I know you did. You got everything. I got, I got uh, Yono, the Celestial Elephant oh, when I was in France. That came what? out. Is that the Zelda style? Or not Zelda, Mario style game? It's like a platformer. It's, yeah, I think it is. I'm looking at it here. It's all in French, but it is it is playable in English. I think I don't know if it was JP who initially posted or somebody that I like. I was like, "Yep, I need to get that game." And I saw people post that they got it. I'm like, "Yeah, I need to get that game." But I still never yeah. got it. It's only only available in France, I believe. Oh. Um, but again, it's in English. Um, I got. Yeah, I would recommend if you like whatever. Look up Yono, like the elephant game, because it looks cool. Y O N O. Um, I obviously have Downwell supposedly sitting outside. I'll find out after we finish recording. <laughs> I mean, um, I do I got... too because I saw like because I've done some some <laughs> like we'll be talking about it next week. <laughs> like I got a bunch of deliveries and they've been delivering stuff late. Usually they deliver by nine yes. a.m. here, and it's like they're just now delivering stuff to me. Oh, I, I get stuff usually at four o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. Uh, I got Gris again, also special reserve. Um, yep. that came in. I got uh, today. I went and I got the Overcooked. I mentioned earlier, Overcooked mm-hmm. one and two uh, combo pack. I got a uh, Helmut came out today. It was a GameStop exclusive. I got that on PS4 and Switch. I think that one looked like it was cool. I can't remember what style of game it is though. I, it looked like an eight bit style. I got oh. the European version because I pre-ordered it a long time ago when there was like no notification that it was coming out here, and I forgot about it. And sure enough, Amazon's like, "Here's your package," and I'm like, "Oh, it's coming out here now." I have a double dip that I don't need. I'm googling it right now. Helmet switch. It is a. It wrong. How do you spell it? It is a. I think it's H E L M U T T. Maybe. I could be wrong. Oh, there we go. Okay, so it looks like a twin stick shooter, maybe. I don't know. But if you're interested in the physical, it's GameStop book only. Okay. It's overhead. Um, <laughs> badass from hell for a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> Helmet, badass from hell. 
Um, looks really cool from the screenshots, for sure. Fast-paced Bulletstorm Dungeon Crawler that cranks the nonsense up to 11 and puts you right in the thick of it. So, yeah, um, I that one's on my list to buy, for sure. Like, when I go to... When I go to GameStop, I'm like, if you want a European version, I'll give it to you. European version, it costs. I don't care. <laughs> like, I got an extra now. Uh, the only thing but, about uh, <laughs> getting things in Europe, though, versus for some reason, um, like if they do any DLC, you have to have a European account. Yeah, that's true. It's my only downside from European versions. But other than that, I mean, I th- well, I got a helmet looks insane though. I got my uh, Shenmue Three Kickstarter. <laughs> cardboard sleeve and then i <laughs> ordered about that oh i'm so mad um especially <laughs> considering especially considering that best buy gets yep. a steelbook which i ordered a second copy to get the steelbook and then returned the second copy and three days after it came out it went at half price at best buy i'm like are you kidding me yes it did so, it, it, so went to, I, it went to black friday sale already yeah, so, already so i i returned it but I got the steelbook for free. So I, the way I look at it is I did $60. I got the little paper thing and I got a steelbook. So I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, getting more upset about it is not, not going to help. No. And it's not healthy. I did not um, buy the um, steelbook at Best Buy. Because that was another thing that I was looking at when I was talking with Barry about not buying Pokemon. Is I was looking yeah. at Shenmue 1 and 2, which I didn't buy yet. And then the steelbook. And I didn't buy that either. <laughs> like, yeah. I've been slacking on all of that Same. stuff. And then the only other thing I think I've got this week was a was a find for my my handheld display, which uh, right. took me a long time to find this, and I finally did, and it came in today. Actually, I I was out picking up Helmut, and they overcooked when they tried to deliver it. I had to actually call up and find where the UPS or the you know, USPS guy was and track him down, drive to his car, you know, truck, and be like, "Here, here's my slip." Oh damn! Um, which which is a um, a Bristol Color Vision, uh, which is an old tabletop handheld from 1983, 84 era. Uh, the Bristol one specifically was only released in France. And uh, it was a really cool handheld because it, it used light to shine through the top, which was into the cartridge where it was like, you know, the Tiger LCDs where all the little you know images were already on there and it only lit up what it needed to. Yeah. And that light went down onto a mirror and that mirror reflected the image to your eyes. So, um, so cool. really, really cool technology. And uh, there's four different versions of it. And I, that was, that completed my set. I have all four companies that put it out all in the European. It oh. never came to the States. And uh, so that was really cool. Eventually you plan to do some kind of cool uh, museum at a convention or something where you display it all? Like glass I already glass. have it all on display. Um, you could actually there's, there's a video um, out there website. already on, on Nintendo Fuse's YouTube of of my display that we did build this. Being able to see it in person though, you know what? I know it, it would be too anxiety. hard at this it point. It gives you to anxiety to keep your Switch games out of the case. I know it's not. No, be. no. It, what it is <laughs> at this point, it's it's like everything is the way I have it designed. Is everything is to a T? Like every every shelf is measured exactly, and I pit put everything so that i can maximize my space so if i were to take things out and then try to put them back they wouldn't be like it would change everything so what i do have is i have duplicates of of some stuff that i Mm. do actually local tours Uh, i do them in libraries around the area they usually libraries locally have like display cases so i'll get a month 
um, and I'll put up displays of handheld stuff locally nice. um, for people to see. So I do that. But otherwise, un- the only way it's coming out, and I've told this to Leonard, I said, let's do a museum together because he's got all the consoles. I have all the handhelds. We could do yeah, a museum. But sure. the but the but like so many people like Hancock wants to do a museum. Uh, museums, they're not well, – no, I'm not saying a museum. I'm saying you pull it out for a convention and put it behind glass even, display. So like even, at, at Portland, they had um, one of the guys <laughs> from uh, the Collector Quest brought out his Nintendo – counselor collection and put like yeah, a counselor's that. thing and that was super cool you know what i would i would maybe do a couple systems but i couldn't do it all because yeah. i i have 11 shells <laughs> worth mm-hmm. and that's not, not that's not nintendo stuff i have no nintendo stuff with the well i should say with the exception of it the Visteon in there and i have like the barcode battler stuff that nintendo yeah. was a part of but uh, everything else had to go to another shelf, which isn't even built yet. It's designed. I just haven't had the time to build it. Um, so, so I do have a handheld that I don't know if you've heard of, but it's a old, it's a newer one. Um, it's called the Arju Boy. Is it like a emulation machine kind of deal? No, it's a it's a tiny little programmable Game Boy yeah. thing that I got on Kickstarter a long time ago. The, those I'm not I'm, the way I I focus it's, my personal collection. Is it has to? It's not about new or not. It has to have interchangeable games, mm-hmm. um, and I say game not not just game cartridges, but UMDs, of course, uh, Vita cards. You know, anything it has to have some kind of interchangeable overlay, like some way to change the game. Yeah. So it's, it's uh, if you just think with like, the Arju Boy, they make the Arju Boys interchangeable. So like they're the size of a credit card, and then each Arju Boy has its own game. Or, like, you can yeah. program the game, so you have a unique... Like, instead of having an interchangeable cartridge, you can get another RG Boy that's super cheap. And- but but when you're talking about newer stuff, you're talking, like, the Raspberry Pi generation, where things are... Yeah. They, the lines are very blurry. It's not it's not dedicated, in a sense. It's not, like, a big publication. It's a Kickstarter little thing. It's, it's one of those that... It doesn't fall under my umbrella of what I want it to be. Much like I don't have a hand, like, a, like the actual handhelds. I have some, but if you were to say like, oh, I have all the individual handhelds, and, and I know there's some people that have a lot. Um, those take up so much more room, yeah. and, and it's like there's so many. I just go with the actual consoles, the things that have the interchangeable cartridges um, or interchangeable games, just because to me, that's my passion and i'd love to see how it evolved to where we are today with the switch which is the latest iteration of of that type of system <laughs> so with the arju boy though the reason why i had to get it is because i have arju venture for it and that is literally a zelda like so i collect zelda likes so i have the zelda like arju boy basically and that's why i needed it because i love do you have games. zelda on the ti-83 calculator i do not Oh, there you go. You're missing. Don't, don't talk to me. That's okay. You're missing the important one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I am. <laughs> they put everything on a T83, though. It's emulation yes, style. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Eventually. Well, this, was, this wasn't emulation. This was just like literally people designed a, a Zelda like game with the primitive graphics. And mm-hmm. back in high school for me, you know, that was the shit. You know, like, oh man, I'm playing Zelda in class, even though it looked nothing like, like Doom Zelda. Doom on a T83. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I've seen that. I've seen craziness. But I just love my Zelda likes. Um, all the different styles, so that's my favorite genre. Is actually, you know what? You mentioned that there's another game. I don't know. I don't know if you've done it. Uh, if you did it, then 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 uh, I stand corrected. But if you haven't, it would be a really good game to do for the playcast. Mm. And and that is uh, where is it here? Now I'm trying to find it in my list. 
of games and why am I not it'll seeing? do two or blossom tales or- oh it'll it'll do two is fantastic yeah. and that that's that is one I'm I absolutely love mm-hmm. but no no I don't why don't I see it on this switch it is because blossom tales is essentially linked to the past blossom. That's it, amazing. Yes. And that will be coming soon if the hints and the stomping of the feet of the developers have anything to say about it. There it they, is. They have never confirmed anything, but but Blossom no. Tales is coming. Uh, Reverie. Have Reverie. you played Reverie? Um, I heard of it. What system? Is it for the Switch? It's on the Switch. It's on PS4 and Vita. Uh, let me type it in then. Oh, there it is. I see. Yeah, Reverie Sweet as Oh, edition. I do have it. Yeah, because that was a um, Playasia exclusive. Playasia exclusive. Yeah, I, I definitely have that. Um, that I haven't game is dug into it yet. It's it's not, in my opinion, it's not as good as It'll Do 2. It'll Do okay. 2 is just an awesome, awesome game. But um, it, has it is up there. St- it has Earthbound style graphics. Yeah, it, but cool. it's it's Zelda. It's yeah, Zelda. that's what I was like. I I got it because I love Earthbound too. Um, but then it's Zelda style Earthbound. So yeah, like, so that Reverie is a really good game. Cool. Yeah, that's gonna have to be a a must play for me. Um, when I type in that, I see Momodora in there too. Which I'm not sure if that's a a Zelda like. I don't think it is. I don't think so. Let me. Yeah, because I don't think Momodora is. It's more like platformer, right? So, I believe. yeah, what it is, I'm looking at it. Um, but that's a, also limited run. Um, but One Mom- Best Buy, too. Um, I played a lot of Momodora when I first got it, because you fight these giant anime bosses where their boobs move, um, and you attack them. <laughs> they're, like, they're, like, creepy looking with, like, teeth, like, crazy teeth, like, enemies. It's really weird. Um, but it's it's a it's a Metroidvania. It's, okay. not, it's not a Zelda-like. So... Um, but the thing is, though, I love Metroidvanias, I love Zelda likes, I love platformers, I love shoot 'em ups, I love lots of stuff. So, and 3D stuff's fun too. Like everything's cool. That's everything's the, cool. that's why the Switch is dangerous because it covers every generation. I mean, we're talking. <laughs> I got the damn Atari flashback classics, um, yep. all the way to newer stuff. The Sega Genesis collection is there too. Yeah, I haven't gotten that yet. Oh. I'm and then now the Sega Mini is fifty dollars to the eighty. Yup, yeah, dangerous. Haven't, haven't bought that yet. My wife said, "Nope, not yet." And I'm like, "Okay." Yeah, I haven't got it yet either. <laughs> um, then there's a Turbo Mini coming out. It's like, ah, uh... you know what's crazy <laughs> though is that after I finished my complete SNES, I started working on my complete Sega Genesis book. Um, formatted it, and this was over two years ago. I'm still writing it because I'm in like the C or D games. But since then, in the last two years. There's been a bunch of Sega Genesis books that have come out, like, across the world, not in the U.S. But I'm like, really? Like, everybody's just jumping on the crazy collector books bandwagon that I helped freaking spearhead with my Nintendo book. And then others copied me a year later with a certain NES card book. <laughs> <laughs> like, he may or may not have called me and told me not to publish my my first ever self-published. Uh, Did he tell you that, really? Oh, like, yeah. That's why I got a little. He has beef with everyone, but, like, I have a reason to have beef, even though I really don't care. Because I'm like, I, dude, I got 12 books now or 13 books now. I, I don't really care. There can never be enough books on the Nintendo or Super Nintendo. Like <clears throat> That's um, true. I mean, and the thing is, is that JP and I had brainstormed this idea for the Switch book because I did it. Uh, the year prior, I did an April Fool's joke saying, I'm doing the complete Switch. 
Uh, it's like it's not it's not completed yet um but then we were like man we could do this like awesome and document the switch while it's coming out so we don't miss anything and you're already three years behind (laughs) it's gonna be further because it takes time but like it's better than being 10 years behind (laughs) or or with the complete snes 20 years behind like um, I mean, Sega Genesis is gonna be almost third. It'll be because we're past twenty fifth anniversary now, right? So it's <laughs> like Genesis is gonna be crazy. But I'm gonna do every single console eventually, just because it's fun. Um, like RGT eighty five uh, contributed to my this Super Nintendo book, and he just did a thirty two X book. And I mean, I support him. Um, he called it the complete, which I thought was funny. But um, but I mean. I told him, I was like, hey, you want to go harder or, you know, publish it with better quality? Because the thing is, is that I'm at a point now where my quality is the best out there and I'm charging the least amount. I'm charging like Barnes and Noble prices when I'm doing stuff in smaller print runs with better quality. Like, and that's just through trials and tribulations and the way I'm doing things is basically I'm, I have a non-profit, non, non-profit um, business that I run. So I'm not taking any money from it. So it's a nonprofit. Um, but I have like the best quality out there. And it's just like I'm going to continue to raise the bar. <laughs> and like nobody will be able to compete. Even even the certain NES guidebook. Uh, <laughs> I mean, because the thing is that everybody else is charging $70 for their books. Mine's my Super Nintendo book that's 630 pages is 40 bucks. Like my the switch books 40 bucks like it's super easy like like way better than charging 80 dollars for a collector's book and then get, getting people a pamphlet like <laughs> well i mean some are some are cheaper than or cheaperly made than others but but a certain certain nes guide book and stuff it's not cheaply made it's not a pamphlet nope. it's it's thick no it's it's big um as a publisher, I have my my gripes, but it's also like the the guy had a little bit of a personal beef with everyone, which rubs everybody the wrong way. So, um, but that being said, that's neither here nor there. I still will uh, just you know want to do you know collectors books on everything. Um, certain stuff though, like is way too freaking big, like the Commodore sixty four. Um, I'm waiting for your Wii book. The Wii. Well, you think about it, Commodore 64 dwarfs everything. There are 2,500 A games for the Commodore 64, just with A. <laughs> like, I'm talking 30 to 40,000 games for the Commodore, and it's never stopped. It was. they keep making. It's always been fan-supported, fan-made from day one. A lot of those developers went on to release games on the NES, um, certain games that have an up for a jump on the NES originated on the Commodore. Um, a lot of these companies and things, but they're still making games and they're still making good games and some not so good games. Like it's, it's going strong and it's never going to stop. So those type of ones though, I might just do like a best of or highlights or something because there are some great games. Um, but it's never you can, do, you can do the you can do the A's of Commodore and say that's it I got bored <laughs> too many. <laughs> I mean, you can do the a, a year volume one, one, a volume two. You can do the volume one of the Switch and go. All right, it's too much now. <laughs> Can't never do that though. I love it. Yeah. Love it. That's the thing. Um, 
the thing is, too, is I'm going to go with what I'm most passionate about first because that's what I'm going to spend the time with. So Genesis is great. And the reason why I love doing the Sega Genesis is I was a Super Nintendo kid. So I never had the Genesis outside of playing it at, like, my cousin Kyle's house, who's from, you know, VGBS Gaming Podcast. I was at his place playing it. So now I'm playing these games, knowing every single game for the Super Nintendo, and being able to compare and contrast, finding new games that are awesome as 16-bit. Like, it's it's fun. And it's going to be the same thing, because I like TurboGrafx-16. I like the Neo Geo. There's a lot of books on the Neo Geo, though, so kind of don't need to do that one. <laughs> Um, Sega Saturn's amazing. Sega CD yep. is awesome. I mean, I just have so many, and I mean, heck, I did three Nintendo bo- NES books, right? <laughs> ah, crazy, crazy stuff. But the end is, is that I'm gonna concentrate with books on what I do. Um, so like the Switch is going to be concentrated on for volumes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Makes sense. eventually I'll get the Genesis book done. Um, might be, you know, the 17th book released for the Genesis by that point, <laughs> <laughs> but it'll be mine. And, and as I said, like earlier, like people collect my books, so, um, it'll still be the, you know, one of the best versions out there. Cause even the books that are out there on the Genesis, they're not covering all regions. They're not covering the aftermarket stuff. So there's, I mean, Xeno Crisis came out. I don't know if you're tracking that. Um, Xeno Crisis came out for the Sega Genesis. It's coming to the Switch. Um, but it's like a twin stick shooter in the vein of Alien Syndrome. And it's amazing. Oh. And it's, it's, it's really hard, but it's really cool. And I have the Sega Genesis version. I've been playing it. And it's awesome. But like games like that are not in those Sega Genesis books. Um, so... And there's, there's a lot of games that have been released for over the last 10 years for the Sega Genesis that I'm going to cover because it's something worth playing and collecting as a fan of the Sega Genesis. And that's how I go at it is, as a fan of the system, would you like it? You know? That makes sense. Yeah. No, it's... I'm like you. I was a Super Nintendo kid, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't have a, a Sega Genesis till much later. And especially that generation, that generation's like um, the 360 PS3 Wii generation, where you have the same same name game, but it's a different game. Where this, yeah. you know the Super Nintendo and Genesis versions are different, much like the Wii version is different than like the PS3 360. And it's uh, <laughs> it's just a talk about a rabbit hole. It's a rabbit hole. That's for sure. <laughs> just yeah. trying to go through them all. Well, and with the NES, I made the mistake when I did my NES oddities in the Homebrew Revolution of covering and wanting to cover everything. And there is a lot of games in there that aren't full gaming experiences, but like cool demos. And they're they're cool, but they're not a full gaming experience. So with the Genesis book, I'm going to make it full game releases, something that feels like a full game release. So when I play it, if it doesn't feel like a full release, it won't be included. Um, with because it's like a collector's book, right? Um, it's the same thing with like the digital only section. Like, I'm it's a subjective list, but it'll be very clear <laughs> in that section. Um, that being said, though, we're at about two hours, Barry. Dag nabbit, <laughs> we've been talking a long time. Dag nabbit, and I guarantee my wife's getting on me. We gotta send out an email as we gotta close on this house. My, my wife's already been sending me messages. Are you almost done? I'm getting hungry. Mine too. So. Yeah, let's let's wrap it up. Um, so next week 
we will be covering Downwell if Barry ever gets it. Um, if he doesn't get it in the mail, though, we might do an on-the-fly email update or <laughs> or social media update. But plan on Downwell um, for the Switch, the homebrew game released by Special Reserve. Yeah, the dogs themselves. Special Reserve. Sarge. With Sarge that, put it down. With that awesome, awesome box with the fuzzy, fuzzy boxes is what I call them. I love their releases, though. But yeah, it came with my second flip grip that I own now. Mine too, thanks to limited run. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. So, anyways, um, you can find me at HagensAlley.com, as well as at HagensAlley on Facebook and the Twitter, and then Instagram at HagensAlleyBooks. Um, and then what about you, Barry? I'm on the Twitter at Hawk Hellfire, so please feel free to... Uh tweet away any responses on youtube you can find me on the nintendo fuse channel and on facebook you can find me on my main page if you happen to see me post or of course at um nintendo fuses page there too and we need to start up a hashtag of no time barry no time barry <laughs> hashtag no time barry when you when you tweet at us <laughs> yes start it let's make it a thing <laughs> we'll know that they got the two hours in on the newest episode <laughs> seeing hashtag no time barry if you made it this far, thank you. That's all I want to say. Thank you for, for giving us two hours of your time and, and spending it with us. And, and hopefully we give you some laughs along the way. And you're like, damn, I just wasted two hours. Why? <laughs> <laughs> we will see you next week. <laughs> Have a good time.